Striking while the iron's hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at seekandstrikecollective.com. We are Seek and Strike Podcast, the podcast for New Mexico soccer supporters by supporters, bringing you the latest end-to-end coverage on New Mexico United and New Mexico college women's soccer. I'm your host, Chris Walker, and joining me, as always, uh, my co-hosts, Veronica Zavala and Patrick Baca. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. We are doing pretty good. I'm doing great. How's everybody else doing? Living the life. That's what's up. Doing good. What's going on down in uh, Cruces, Patrick? Uh, weather is finally turning cold, so it's nice. Uh, it's been it's been nice to wake up at eight a.m. for morning practices, and it be nice and cool. I can go in my sweats. What's your What's your thoughts when you step out and feel the uh, the crisp air every morning? Um, I wish I was in high school playing again. <laughs> <laughs> Miss some sometimes you miss some of those days when you're out there coaching. And you're like, man, I'd have killed for a day like this. And and the elements are upon us too, right? I mean, uh, I know you and I talked last week. I mean, Bloom Fiesta at this point's wrapped up, and pumpkin spice lattes and every sort of spiced like anything is like slowly taking over the month of October. Uh, is there anything that you? also look forward to in October when it comes to um, when, once the cold weather sets in? Um, hmm. I'm a big Halloween guy, so um, this is spooky season is my favorite season. So um, we just finished putting up some of our decorations on our house for, for Halloween, so I was super excited seeing all that stuff. Nice. That's great. You're gonna have to get some pictures and show us uh, one of these episodes. We definitely got to uh, live vicariously through you. And Veronica, I know you and I just hung out in San Diego um, over this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you up to? How is uh, being back in Riverside, uh, Cali, this week? Well, not as fun as being out there in San Diego, but. Yeah. <laughs> Life, life resumes. It's it's all good. Back to work, you know, daily life stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was it's definitely uh, shared the sentiment too. Being back in New Mexico, got a story for you guys. It's funny. Um, so I left for San Diego on Saturday and did everything I need to do normally before leaving for a flight. You know, I even probably did some things days before I left, which is like an improvement for myself because usually it seems like I have everything to do hours before a flight. Um, the only thing I had to do this time was wash my clothes, right? And so that's 
you know, the only thing that, that kind of created a challenge in washing my clothes was that one of the washing machines decided that it didn't want to do a spin cycle. So, like, I essentially found myself hand washing my shirts uh, in the sink, right? Which seems like a defeat of the purpose because that water was hard and I was, like, definitely washing soap out of my shirts. Um, so that that was crazy. So that ultimately led to me essentially leaving the house late or later than I wanted to leave. Right. So, <laughs> so I get to the, the air, the airport's uh, parking lot, Sunport parking, um, got everything, got my bag, you know, make sure I have my scarves, make sure, especially this time around that I have extra shirts. Cause last year I went to San Diego and I only took two shirts somehow. And man, I was hating life, many meltdown. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, where, where are my shirts? I got to wear the same thing again. And now normally I don't mind rocking the same tees or whatever recycling things when I'm at my parents' house because I know I can wash things. But when you're on a trip and you're there for like three or four days and you only got two shirts and you wore one of them out essentially, you're like, oh no, what am I gonna do? Right. So this time a little different. I managed to leave my cell phone in my car. And wow. I'll tell you what, normally the Sunport guy says, hey, do you have your keys? Do you have your phone? Did you lock your car? You know, all those things. Nothing this time. I just jumped right on. Didn't think twice about it till I got in the terminal and I watched another guy in the process of leaving his phone at the uh, Southwest counter. And I thought, hmm, wow, I'll never do that. <laughs> <laughs> And then he, and then I get to the counter. He's like, "Do you got your boarding pass?" And I was like, "Oh no, oh no, I did it! I left my phone in the car." Sure enough. And so I'm like, "All right, well, I'm trying to play it cool. Like, all right, well, you know, they can get me a boarding pass. Not a big deal. And Veronica knows that I'm getting in at four o'clock. Not a big deal, right? All these things, not a big deal, you know, except for." The fact that now I can't make connections that I need to make uh, in San Diego with like the locals and Chavos Deloyal, uh, the supporter groups out there. And then I thought, wait, well, man, how's Veronica going to know that I'm waiting out, out front of the airport in San Diego? I'm like, she's not going to know, uh, you know, other than just happening to be there. So, I'm sitting in the airport and I'm like definitely on the, the mini meltdowns on the horizon. I'm like, oh man. I, go, I would have already had my meltdown by then. Right, right. You think, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, man, my world is on that cell phone. Like in all in all aspects of it. Like anything I want to do is there. Am I coloring in a coloring book? No. I am on my cell phone making flyers, right? I'm doing everything from that. So as my face is starting to turn and I'm starting to deliberate how I've royally screwed up <laughs> and I'm even looking at the clock, wondering if I can like somehow reverse my course and go back to the car at this point, right. With like 50 minutes to go for the plane to come. This lady walks up, uh, her name is Shannon. And she, uh, she's like, why are you guys all frowning? You guys are just all frowning like you're getting ready to go to San Diego and you're frowning because of that. And I mean, I'll have to say she came in like the wrecking ball and kind of kind of changed my discourse because I was like, 
oh, well, at least there's someone here trying to make us cheer up, right? And she stops by me, and, you know, I'm just like, yeah, so I'm going to San Diego, going to see my girlfriend, but I go, she's not going to know I'm there because I managed to leave my phone in the car. And so she's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, and so essentially, like, um, essentially this lady proceeds to, like, write an email, right? And, you know, puts it all together, sends it over to Veronica. And I'm like, eh, hopefully she'll see it, right? And I'm thinking, oh, I'll just be uh, sitting out front of the airport with my scarves on, you know, detectable, this and that, whatever. Wave so, the flag around. Huh? Wave the flag around. Right, right. Anything to, to you know, make some awareness. So I'm, on, I'm getting on the plane. All of New Mexico United is on the same plane with me. So that's Which I cool. had seen that. I had seen that on Instagram. Yeah. So. And so that's cool. I'm like, all right, you know, the team's on, on, on the plane with me. Instant thought, guys. I'm like, I will know who's in the 18 before everyone else will. But guess what? I can't post it. Yeah, that's right. You got it. <laughs> you got it. I was officially off the record that day. Could not say nothing. Could not and, send you guys a tweet or, or anything. And you know what's funny is I was like, I want to say it was like Saturday that I was like, oh, whenever I sent you the message about uh, Highlands. Yeah. I, I had sent the message about Highlands. I forget what day that was. And I went, huh. Chris hasn't texted me back. <laughs> right. Uh, and I was like, I know, I know, I know he went to, I know he went to, I know they're at the game. But I was like, that's so strange because normally I get something from Chris. Like, hey, <laughs> some, why so didn't it, why didn't we hit up Patrick? I I I yeah I I DM'd him I had DM'd him through Twitter and I went, huh? <laughs> that's so strange. I I was like, he must be having fun. I was like, whatever. I mean, he was, but... <laughs> like, good, good, good right? The 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 day the... have fun in San Diego. I wish I was in San Diego, but oh man, like the one the one day that you could have pondered like your whole life and like <laughs> he hasn't hit me back yet. What the heck? Yeah, like, uh, he always kinda, does. Like, like and the I kind of said it out loud, and my wife was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, Chris normally just he sends something. <laughs> it's it's game day. He usually sends like the." He even usually just sends the starting eleven in in our little group chat and on Twitter and the DMs. She goes, and she she said something. I was like, well, they're in San Diego, so they're at the game. She goes, they're enjoying the game, and I was like, well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but you still, but you still felt some innate thing that was like, mm, yeah, something's know. not something's not right. And then I get the text <laughs> message. Sorry, Patrick, I left my phone in Albuquerque <laughs> while I was in San Diego. And I sat there and I said, who does that? <laughs> that guy. Yeah, and, it, and it, it gets better, right? So, like, okay, I couldn't post this. I couldn't tell you guys the 18, so we couldn't already have those thoughts. So, so Shoshana ends up sitting next to me. So, planes in motion, you know hour and 27 minute flight to San Diego. I teach her about the game of soccer, the whole flight, literally everything, defensive third, middle third, attacking third, the offside trap, the most difficult thing to explain probably. 
the offside trap, one's being on sides, how contact with the ball must happen first, like all these things to the point of how New Mexico United plays, why we're what we're looking for, everything, all about our podcast, all that. Like gave her the full thing. Even invited her to a game next season, potentially. So it was productive, right? And so it was like, wow, okay, this was pretty awesome. It makes you almost it makes you almost like think, wow, I could explain the game of soccer to somebody who's captive for an hour and a half on a flight. <laughs> and she really was like getting it. So it wasn't like, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, who knows how much is, you know, she'll probably retain some things, right? But she was speaking the lingo. It was like she swallowed the soap and she was speaking association football. Good for her. Right. Okay. Get off the flight. I'm out front the airport. Posted up like Paddington Bear, all lonely, just sitting <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> Going back to the realize that I don't have my cell phone. Can't tell, Veronica. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> Put on my scarf. <laughs> Make sure it's all flashy, you know, all the the red, yellow, and green kind of flashing. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to get seen, right? Sitting there. All of a sudden, I see New Mexico United walk out the airport in droves, like peace, like droves of them, like, like groups of them. And they're like, hey, Chris, what's up, man? Yeah, we're going to see you tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like as, as the one teardrop like goes down. Right. I was <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'll, go, I'll be there. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I go, uh, I might be still sitting here because uh, I left my phone in Albuquerque. And like, as I kept saying it to each new set of players, they were like, oh, you, you know, eventually Caleb Ryan goes, Caleb, you know, Caleb Ryan must have been like in the third party. He's like, you're going to make it, man. You're going to be there. But like they kept walking through. Did you know? he like pat you on the back or something? He goes, you're going to be all right, buddy. Or something. Yeah, like, right. Caleb Ryan was like, literally like, you're going to be there. And I thought, man, like you don't realize, like, I don't know. I only know my parent, my mom and my dad's phone number right now. I'm sitting in front of an airport in San Diego and cars are coming and going and and i really don't know too many things right now i remember the address for the hotel so i could probably get there eventually you know and you know what i mean like 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 i could probably i could i could probably call veronica's work right they're like looking for like a olive garden sort of like you know like order and i'm like no i'm not ordering breadsticks i need to get my girl's number like you know know? like i I hadn't gotten to that point yet and i was like so then alexi swaii walks by and i'm like he's like we're gonna see you tomorrow you know with his french voice right we're gonna see you tomorrow and i'm like "Mm, i don't know (laughs) i might still be sitting here and then i explained to him how i left my phone in the car and he goes, oh, no, that's not too good. That's not too good. It's like something like literally like how he sounded. He's like, that's not too good. He's like, uh, he's like, does she have social media? You know, and I mean, I'm still in my mind thinking like Pepe Le Pew over here. You know, like this guy is like giving me like does she have social media. Yeah. He's like, does she have social media? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, in my mind, I was like, I was like, dude, 18, like 15 players walked by me with Twitter accounts and not one of them. Like thought to like maybe offer me he offers he's like yeah i said oh man perfect we're gonna go ahead and tweet her so alexi follows her and then i'm like 
typing on his phone. And I'm like, ah, Chris Walker sitting here with his scarf on in front of the airport, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then, and so he goes, all right, man. He's like, he's like, he's like, well, make sure you, you put terminal one. Cause that's where you're sitting. Cause I mean, like I probably wouldn't have thought about putting my whereabouts. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. excited that, that it happened. And so he's like, okay, cool. He's like, all right, man. Well, I'm sure it's going to work out, you know? So he leaves, whatever. And I'm like, all right. So then I'm sitting there and I'm like, mm, I better get up and walk a little bit closer to like the terminal right. terminal yeah. because, or to the, you know, cause I was still sitting yeah. off a ways. I was like, oh, I better get up and kind of, you know, make myself big because all these cars are going to block my only chance. And uh, so I walk over and then sure enough, I see her and I get in the car and, and I'm like, Oh, did you get that tweet? And she's like, Oh yeah, I got it. She's like, I was around the corner though. And, uh, and then, you know, of course, I'll let her tell her part of what she thought was occurring <laughs> at this point. So what happened was, no, I'm kidding. Um, so it was funny because I, ha- I had already done one turnaround, right, through through the terminals and stuff like that to be like, okay, well, I know I know this is a, the pickup time. This is this is when that's going to happen. And then I also had had in the back of my, my mind, I'm like, well, the whole United team is there, right? So I'm like, I'm just picturing like high fives and yeah, you know, dude talk, right? So I was like, high fives in my flight. I'm gonna gonna chill out over here. Let let that happen. (laughs) He's sure enough. He's just sitting there by himself. Not not knowing, (laughs) not knowing the reality at the present moment. But it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It was only what like 35, 40 minutes that that. That was long enough for me to really consummate my life. I mean, <laughs> I was like, "Look, I don't want to, I don't want to get in the doldrums." But I was like, "Man, like." But then you know when, because I think for us, time goes by so much differently because we always have, you know, our access to our phones, right? Because they become such a big part of us that we're like, you know, if you have to, if you get stuck waiting anywhere, you're you're kind of like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna read this article, look at this reply to mom or whatever right and when you don't have that it's kind of like oh my god this is taking forever but um i watched so many cars go by as i'm as i'm getting back in in line for the second time i get a tweet from from alexi swahi (laughs) (laughs) i'd pronounce it that way too after i got to send a tweet on the cell phone (laughs) he's like Chris is here waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it was like that too. But all and that I, was already happening as I was already like approaching everything and, and, and it was so convoluted there and stuff like that. So, And then, he sent additional text. I didn't realize because I mean, I didn't see him that long, you know, he was getting summoned <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, this period of happiness is quickly drying up as Josh Lane summons Alexi Swahi to like come to the last bus that, that that's leaving the airport. You know, at some point I might have thought that they were gonna give me a ride or something. Because I would like, I would have been like, hey, like <clears throat> biggest supporter here uh, with you guys. <laughs> Can you kind of in trouble? Could use a ride. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would have. I I, and I didn't want to insist, but I was like, man, you know, I've seen the whole team, Zach Prince. Peter, all of them walked by mm-hmm. me, and I'm thinking, man. I mean, I didn't expect it, but you know, if they asked me to come with them, I would go. And then Veronica would just have to drive further. I mean, I would, I would hang out. 
I'd say I was off the record like 20 times probably because dudes just see me and go, oh, he's going to, you know, and I'm like, look, I don't have a cell phone right now, guys. Like, keep that in mind. Like, so I was so definitely you know, we are very thankful. Yeah. That, shout out. Shannon. To, shout out to Alexi for sure. And 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 of course, you got to give a shout out to Shannon because, yes, I mean, you, you know, you got folks that are like, hmm, something's not right. Let me do something about this. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. you know, and uh <clears throat> so yeah, Alexi. I mean, now, now that we look back on it, it, it it wasn't so horrible because you know it I, was. I mean, we, but I, you know, but it you, wasn't so horrible for like, you. It's not like you were like an abandoned orphan. You know, you were. That's <laughs> what he felt like, though. That's what he felt like. <laughs> Another ten minutes, and I was like, okay, like where am I gonna get dinner from? It's a good thing <laughs> I brought my wallet, though. At least I could, you know. I mean, look, I could not Uber Eats. Or DoorDash. I oh, mean, look, we're talking about the things that I would normally try to do. Like, yeah. I could not, I could not you even order I, an Uber. I had thought, like, like, well, you know, could have gotten an Uber, and then I'm like, oh no, no, isn't that isn't that how like, you know, I, you kind of you kind of wonder what our parents did back in the day when. There was no Uber and there was no Uber Eats and there was no. They probably tell us something about how they used to track 12 miles in the snow back (laughs) from school or something. You know, it was, yeah, it was was crazy because I was like, oh man. And then the minute, like, you know, of course, his other message were like, oh, I was just with him. He's sitting right here. Like, and it was great, except for the fact that I like got up and walked away from where he said I was sitting. Um, but like but that was better because you were like, <clears throat> you know, right? I like walked us. right up on you because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not getting left here. Because I mean, to hear that you were already there one time, I'm like, I didn't even see. I mean, because oh, obviously, no. right? You see what I'm saying? Like two passes, and you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm just gonna wait. And I'm like, oh no, because there were no and more was, players walking by, and so I was, I was trying to do that, and there was this there was this Karen that came out of nowhere. She, she said, was caring about the you wrong need things. To move your vehicle like two feet up, and I go, "Yeah, why?" <laughs> she couldn't so, give me a reason why. So I was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna wait right here." She didn't like that, so when I rolled my window up, she kept talking. But I was like, "Who are you?" <laughs> See, so I'll, so I'll tell you. Yeah, it was from my perspective. It was like, man. I, at first, I was like, "All right, cool. I'll just sit here." And let's just see how long I can sit here is what I thought. Like, oh, I'll just wait it out. You know, eventually, you know, things are going to figure out, you know. And, and, of course, I didn't see Shannon anymore. And I'm sure she was still hoping for a reply from the email. But I'm like, she was already, like, separated from me. So it, it was, you know. So once I got in the car, oh, man, I was like, I felt like I felt like I had a small piece of myself back. Not only because I was seeing Ronka, but also because... Now I was connected to a phone. I was like, oh, we got to text my mom. <laughs> we got to text my mom and let her know that I'm okay. Because she That's also was like, oh, I was messaging your phone too. And I thought it was kind of odd. So look, well, let's just say this as we wrap this story up that it is very odd if you don't hear from me. <laughs> like, Right. Yeah. If you if you don't get a text back or a comment or an emoji or something, if it's been five minutes and you haven't got anything from me, like definitely, 
look at look at your social media. Like maybe look at your tweets. Maybe like alert the authorities. And, and that between you two is <laughs> is each of you probably because moral of the story is to probably write down Veronica's number too. Yeah, I, I probably need to get. I probably <laughs> should you get. You know what? And it was it was funny because then I realized that like I don't know his either. And, <laughs> there you go. I mean, we we talk nonstop, and I don't. And I'm like, if so, I think I think we should do that. <laughs> Gonna have to start carrying an actual wallet again. <laughs> we should put it on our keychain, like there you go, <laughs> like a lost Seriously. tag, like the tag, like the luggage tag. There you go. If yeah, you found call Veronica. <laughs> right. Yeah. Eight seven was that number? How's that? How's that song go? Eight seven. Oh, wait, eight seven five, seven three. cars for a kid or? No, eight, not seven, that five, one. Nine. Yes, that one. I'm gonna have to start oh, singing the song, singing the oldie song from the eighties. Have to start singing it. Yeah, so. So that, right? <laughs> hey, we, we can't get a C and D for people humming songs on podcasts, so that's good. Um, so, so yeah, so that that was my adventure um, as far as San Diego goes. Uh, let's let's go soft serve here, guys, and uh, a couple things before we get into some fun stuff. Um, NHL season has started. It actually started back on Tuesday when I returned back in Albuquerque. Um, is anyone else excited about NHL NHL season starting? I'm going to say I am. I'm a huge Kings fan, and um, you know I am just glad that another sport is kind of starting up as well. Uh, Veronica, what about you? I am totally excited. Like. I know like the last two, three years, you know, I've had a good introduction to, to hockey by you. Um, and now I, like I said, I want to just watch from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Right. And I'm glad I was able to catch that match because I'll be definitely following it. Um, so yeah, I'm totally excited. And, and now and, we find ourselves not calling things matches anymore. <laughs> what is it? It's the game. It's a game. It's just a game. Oh, I can call it a game. Okay. I'm yeah. just so used to calling everything a match. And like, I even go, like, yeah, that match between the Padres and the Dodgers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take it that far. But um, yeah, totally excited. And I actually, it's funny because I, I jumped from a childhood team to a different team this year. So, ooh, well. for, for another conversation about kid teams and adult teams, that, that'll be a fun one. Next, we'll have to talk about that sometime. Um, yeah, she was a Ducks fan, and now she's a Kings fan. This is good stuff there, though. The ice. So, apologize if you hear a toddler. Said toddler doesn't want to go to bed, so <laughs> she'll make her comments. Um, Love it. Like we were she talking. more than off, welcome. Off, off screen. Uh, <laughs> been to Pittsburgh. Big Pittsburgh everything fan. Usually don't tell anybody about the Pirates part. Because they're really bad. So you could just say the piece for Padres. Yeah. Uh no. Uh, don't <laughs> want to do that either. But uh big penguins fan. So okay. um yeah, so they won tonight. They beat the coyotes. So um I'm happy that hockey season's back. I love hockey. I think hockey is like one of my oh, I probably argue probably top two. I think it's so, so soccer first and then and then and then soccer, and then hockey next. And then soccer again. Um, but 
we took uh, the rhinos are out in El Paso. Yeah. Um, so we used to go to those games a lot. Um, and uh, took my wife to her first like hockey game, and she was like, "I've only seen it on TV a couple of times, and I thought it was kind of boring." I was like, "Well, let's go because a group of us like to go, and it's fun." And at the uh, Coliseum in El Paso, they have a standing room or a standing space only for twenty-one and up. Okay. So we go have a couple of beers, hang out, and have a good time, and watch the hockey game. And the rhinos are usually pretty good. And uh, I remember a fight broke out. We were standing there, we were just watching the game, and she goes, "This is kind of cool watching it from this angle. It's way better than watching it on TV." And I was like, "Yeah, it's fun, and everybody gets hype, and you see kids banging on the glass here and there." And then there's a fight that breaks out like right in the corner. And my wife is like, yeah, and she's like banging on my glass. And I was like, oh, so you like hockey now? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, when we first started Seek and Strike Collective, um, at the same time, the New Mexico Ice Wolves had come around here, the NAHL team, uh, junior hockey, um, which, you know, they were in their first season. And so we started up uh, Seek and Strike Hockey Legion. And so we were essentially kind of covering Ice Wolves a little bit. And, you know, we had we had uh, me and uh, my buddy Josh Kaskinen out, and uh, he's now out in Michigan right now. But we had done a few episodes under uh, the podcast, The Howitzer Hour. And, uh, you know, and so that was something we had kind of done. And then, of course, you know, the way, like, um, the way things can go with, um social justice or social justice and and owners who are conservative you know sometimes they kind of influence your support of a team and so we just kind of subbed out and didn't just kind of stopped covering the team for a bit but you know i mean they're doing well like in their in their well last season yeah in their subsequent seasons so i mean you know I, I, for me it was like how am i going to get into junior hockey especially if they go to college and that's kind of like the thing but I guess when you can see them play in college and potentially go further, it's kind of like cover. It's really covering like very lower league hockey, right? Yeah. Essentially, like they're they're like high school age going to college, and you know, you know. I guess it's to each their own. I'm, you know, I find myself like trying to figure out if there's another angle that would make it fun. But uh, you never know. We might have to uh, at some point kick up the hockey legion again and just maybe talk like you know just kind of Pro talk hockey. about our nhl teams from a, a different glance so i, I like talking mm-hmm. about hockey it's fun i think hockey is definitely like one of my favorite sports definitely nice. yeah I, I enjoy it we went to um last year we went to not oh actually not even last year it was this this past uh i want to say may may of this year we went to vegas and we got to watch uh the night the golden knights play oh in fact they played the kings hey it was for, it was for i think it was for a playoff spot um oh yeah it was that's right it was uh super fun it was that was my first ever like nhl game okay um and uh i i've all i had always always heard that the that the golden knights had one of the best like um game time like opening routines and like their whole thing and how it works um and uh it was super cool they have a whole storytelling they have the two people fighting oh, on yeah. the on Don't the ice 
one has like a golden a flaming arrow or something. Yeah, they always have some cool. They have some cool stuff, and it was it was super fun to watch. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, as we sit here and uh, and play on screen with your daughter, and she wave at us. the wave at the toddler. <laughs> That's super fun. I'm I'll gonna bring my nephew for, next week. I'll, I'll use her for the. Uh, I'll use her for the connection for the enchanted when we get there. <laughs> oh, nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we talked in NHL. I mean, I know obviously football has been playing college football has been playing NBA season, obviously picking up here soon as well. Um, I, you know, and I, I'll say this like excited for Clippers basketball. I don't know how much basketball i'm going to watch maybe i'm going to watch a little bit more than just playoff basketball this year but uh you know you know remains to be seen what that will look like um either of you excited for nba i'm excited for laker season (laughs) uh i'm excited for watching uh aggie alum play i'm not a big nba person okay okay I, I like watching the Aguilum. So um, Trevlin Queen just signed with the Pacers. Nice. Uh, so hopefully he'll get some minutes. We do down south. There are a lot more Toronto Raptors fans as of recently. There's really a lot more. Yeah. Uh, Pascal, Sy- uh, Pascal Syakum okay. for the Raptors. And so uh, famous Aguilum. Uh, These guys are more okay. player fans. Yeah, so uh, there was a lot more Toronto's gear that showed up at fans. I'll just wow. put it that way. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I'm more of a I'm more of a player type person when it comes to the NBA. I like, I follow certain players. Like, I'm a big um, uh, Damian Lillard fan. Okay. I love I, I love me some Dame time. Speaking of players to follow, like, quick reaction to. The Draymond Green Jordan oh. Poole saga. Wow. Oh, wow. What? Yes. Hey, if basketball don't work out for Draymond Green, he can go to those <laughs> celebrity boxing matches against Le'Veon Bell because that right hook. Right. I went. Ooh, that was, boy. That, that was, was a wizard right that there. Was a, <laughs> oh boy. You're, you sure should be playing basketball, Draymond. That was a. I've been watching that over and over again because that that punch was like so it, like and it direct. just connects like perfect and i was like bam yeah jake paul offered him 10 million dollars to come fight like he should take him up that's i'm sure, I'm sure the money team is thinking about it too right the money team yeah. Le'Veon bell just knocked out uh adrian peterson the other night jeez wow that's crazy so man all this talking has got me a little bit hungry guys i told you this was coming <laughs> Patrick tried to resist. He said he was on a diet. <laughs> but it's not going to last much longer. So I've got in my hand one of the brand new, brand new Oreo Cakesters. It says here, have your cake and cookie too. <laughs> what a good, good tagline. Do you right? have Do you have milk for that cookie? No, I've got a little bulb-shaped Martinelli's apple juice as my quencher. So let me get into this. Let's see what we got here, guys. Hmm. I feel like we should have some like background music for this. Like 
because you're going to add some in post production. Create an ambience for it, you know. Mm. Ambiance. Ambiance. There you go. It's kind of. Mm, it's like I'm trying to think what it reminds me of. I wouldn't say it reminds me so much of an Oreo, because you know it's not that crunchiness. I'm not tempted to unlock the magic because I think quite possibly it'll fall all over the place. Um, we're going to keep the magic together here. Um, dang, I can't. I'm trying to place it. Oh, you know what it's like? This is like this Oreo case or donut, and we're not officially sponsored by Oreo or anything or Nabisco or any of that. <laughs> but it reminds me of just simply like a hostess, like ho ho. Oh, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's the cakiness of it. So, I mean, look, consumers, try the try the cakes or donut because I told you. Um, you know, a little bit, a little bit cleaner to eat than like a ho ho. If you want to eat a round version of the ho ho and not a long cylindrical version of it, that's basically the difference. That's all I. That's all. That's all I can really say. Selena, do you like Oreos? Yeah. You like Oreos? So that right there. You like cereals? <laughs> you like dinosaur cereals? Dinosaur cereals? Dinosaur, dinosaur cereals. Um, what, what is dinosaur cereal? She's got uh, some. I want to say they're tricks. Mm. Okay. Okay. But they have a, they have a new dinosaur one for the Jurassic Park movie that had come the Dominion oh, cool. movie that had come out. Okay. Um, yeah. And it has like the little cereal pieces are dinosaur footprints. Oh. Okay. And uh, it has marshmallows in there that are shaped like eggs. Oh, those marshmallows in the cereal, like that's where that's at right there. Yeah, as you can imagine like for us. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, for a soon-to-be three-year-old, um, mm-hmm. marshmallows are her favorite thing in the world. Our life, yeah. <laughs> marshmallows are life, even when you're not three. <laughs> the little, the little cereal marshmallows that make that weird, like, noise in your teeth. Yes, when you eat them. <laughs> Squeaky marshmallows. Yeah. So uh, I just tasted the cakesters. They're good, guys. But again, like, I mean, not much to them. But you know. So another way to eat your Oreos every once in a while. Um, so going on to the next thing, Quater up or Qatar updates. I don't like want to call it Quater all the time. Uh, Qatar updates for for World Cup. Obviously, like me and Patrick talked, this is gonna be like an it's gonna be a constant carousel of things. And mm-hmm. the latest things that are out there is um, LGBTQ couples are gonna be able to display affection and hold hands. Mm-hmm. Um, for the 29 days that the tournament's going on. Um, I read that as don't stay longer than you need to. Um, and then um, they're going to have a sober zone for people who are drunk. Like to sober up? Mm-hmm. So all of England? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they just think that the game doesn't need that, so they're going to have an area for soberness, sobriety. You know, I think we were, you know what's funny is that when we were talking about this last time, and we we're talking about a lot of the human rights things, 
I think it's hilarious that <clears throat> not to get too political in here is that um, they're very like the gay. It was when they said that they didn't want to have alcohol sold at at the tournament, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Like you have to." Like Heineken is a supporter of UEFA. Like right. <laughs> like uh, who else is? Is it Budweiser that's a sponsor? I, th- I think so. And then uh, isn't it like Carlsberg too? I think that's... Car- yeah, Carlsberg too, right? So you have all these, not that, right? But they want to say, hey, it's not uh, drinking alcohol shouldn't be a part of the game. It's like, you know what else shouldn't be a part of the game? Human, <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> these... human rights violations. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So you know, so it's it's interesting because I've I've seen on Twitter where they're saying that they're they're gonna allow certain things because they understand that there's a lot of foreigners coming in, but then at the same time they um, I, I'm not sure if Qatar is and it's I know they're in in the the Dubai, in the Saudi Emirates. Um, they recently posted this this thing here that that will be applied for when these matches are happening and this is kind of circulating twitter because people are kind of like okay well they're saying they're saying this um at first they had said that if anybody in the audience did fly any um lgbt lgbtq um flags or anything like that that they would immediately you know be arrested by the, by the laws of their country right and so now there's this other documentation that's circulating that People are saying that, you know, this is this Qatar has put this out saying uh, reflect your respect to the religion and culture of Qatar people by avoiding these behaviors. And I want to go ahead and share that really fast, even Mm. though with you guys, even though nobody's going to see it. So how do I do that? (laughs) How do I share that? It's on my screen right now. Is it present? There's a present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you go go to present and it'll. You can share your screen. So let me see. Share screen. Yes. And then you can choose like a page or you can share your whole screen or. Share screen to monitors. Okay. Let's see what happens when I do that. Okay. Okay. Oh, what's all that? I'm not sure what you guys are seeing there. Hold on. Let me close Uh, Nothing yet. So, jeez. Uh, oh wait, choose. Okay, window. Mm-hmm. Um, where is this download at? Well, let me hear. Let me open it because I just realized that no one else in this world is gonna see my email besides you guys. <laughs> yeah, if you open up so, your. Yeah, let me Email on the window. Share the window or the tab. Okay, this right here. Okay, do you guys see it now? Um, not yet. I don't see it. Okay, there you go. Got it. Okay, do you guys see it now? Nope. Really? Mm-mm. Has lost permission to capture. Oh my lord, really? Yeah. Okay, this is what I'll do. I'm gonna just <laughs> send it via Twitter to you guys right now. Okay. Because um, it's not letting me for some reason. It's not letting me, but it's it's kind of like what people are saying on Twitter is that this is kind of like the opposite of what they seem 
to be saying about that, right? Right. About human this... rights and about respecting the people that are coming in from. So here I'm sending it to you both right now. Yeah, this is the tan graphic with the circles with the the no. Yes. The different. Yeah. 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 So, and that's so. and that's been circulating. Um they say that the the dating. <laughs> right. <laughs> and people are like, wait, are they serious? But people out there are sharing it because they're like, Well, they're they're telling us this and then they're posting the the nation is saying this. So I mean Right. The graphic is circulating, but like then the actual um chief executive that mm -hmm. they've been interviewing as of late has been it's saying, saying things and he's been saying the opposite in more real time saying that the rainbow flag is okay to be flown and um you know i think the thing to think about is that they may be making it very permissible right mm -hmm. but it's easier for him to say these things but it's going to be harder for the average citizen to also let it be permissible if that makes any sense yeah so oh, yeah because what typically a leader does in moderation the follower does in excess so like mm -hmm. if anything you'll need to see how that society treats these things and you know like all things right there's going to be some rebellion right there's going to mm -hmm. be some people who can't follow that so and in this case like you know they'll probably try to justify so we'll see what happens i just really wanted to tune in because i i type in qatar every once in a while to see what pops up and the drunkenness mm -hmm. and the holding hands and the rainbow flags were the newest of things and dating dating and, and dating oh and uh fifa has to determine who wears the one love captain's armband mm. i believe that's the other thing popping around and it, too. It's, it's funny because you see a lot of people on twitter kind of saying like like qatar should not be hosting the world cup well, they should. And, and and how are we allowing this to happen? And then at the same time, you see an overwhelming purchasing of tickets. And right, ninety five. <laughs> so it's like it doesn't seem to be sold. stopping really anybody from selling out these events. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting um, experiment, right? right? Nonetheless, because. Mm -hmm coming into it they're not super inclusive to all of it so the more things that they have to do the more layers of the onion that they've had to peel back just to get this thing off i wonder how much more they have to do to keep 29 days of a tournament going so um yeah i mean it's going to be the longest month we'll of their see. lives there. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. And, and, that, and that's, and I think that just kind of goes without saying, like, I can understand. I can understand wanting to ask 
people to like hey like this is our religion and this is what we believe in the issue that i have is that you are bringing in the world's most popular sporting event to date right mm -hmm. into a very conservative country right so how can you really ask for that if you kind of already have an idea of what's going to happen right like i'm not saying people should be getting drunk and throwing throwing hands out there right, right. but right but it's bound to happen right we're gonna have to set a, a timer for however many days without an incident i i feel because fun fact did you know that the birth rates in each country that has won the world cup the subsequent year have uh spiked 20 percent. i heard when that spain last... won in 2010 the birth rates were up i think it was like 17 percent in 2011 wow. and then in france these are made during right yeah and they and they've and they've done the research and gone back and checked the the birth rates for the subsequent year mm -hmm. and every year after the world cup the winner's country uh germany when germany won it um there's it was a it was a small spike but it was enough to notice and be like oh birth rates are up so <laughs> it's kind of funny to me that, like you're saying like no dating and all this stuff and we're gonna half expect birth rates to whoever probably <clears throat> in argentina hopefully um <laughs> to, to possibly to possibly uh spike right <laughs> right <laughs> we shall see right <laughs> So the last thing uh, to kind of talk about in this soft serve section before we jump into uh, our next segment is uh, what's been going on a little bit with the USL. Um, we have seen um, a little bit of, uh, of, of a racist incident happen between uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay Rowdies and Monterey um, as far as a player from Tampa Bay Rowdies, um, uh, I guess, engaging in uh some sort of a racist epithet or something that was said um uh some some sort of an altercation between the two sides after the match was over i think when they were outside the locker rooms and so essentially you have that being reported to the usl an investigation being underway uh, as far as the tampa bay rowdy is talking to everyone involved monterey and then you also have monterey who was scheduled to play tulsa or FC Tulsa last week, and they had um, set set out the message that they were postponing the match uh, with Tulsa to basically see that the results from the investigation were expedited. So they were definitely drawing focus and protesting the match um, to say, hey, the only thing that's important now is knowing the, the findings from the investigation. And of course, there was a lot of unrest on Twitter um, namely, where we like to dwell about, you know, what was it going to prove with uh, Monterey, who currently in the playoff hunt was going to postpone a match, and how the people of, of Tulsa, be it players, be it vendors, you know, be it the people going to matches, trying to get a little 90 minutes of entertainment, how they were going to be negatively impacted. And I guess I just want to stop right there. I mean, honestly, like, 
I personally, like, you know, from my personal account was like, you know, I know that I had to address a friend and I was like, look, like, it doesn't matter what you think isn't going to happen or isn't going to be addressed. Like, we're talking about a player who's scarred from racism, from something that happened, and not just probably the one time, but it's probably just adding up, right? But we're talking about a racist incident with a, with a black player. And then, then we're trying to somehow balance that on a scale with the people of Tulsa are negatively impacted by a, a match being postponed. And I was just like, this: these two things don't equate. Mm-hmm. Like, and then also outsiders to wait, outsiders weighing in saying, oh, you guys could have done it a different way. You want to protest the match. You guys could have played the match and walked off together. And I was just like, this really sounds like some, like, performative bullshit right because essentially you're now telling people how they can protest and haven't we not lived the last two years of life have we not experienced like kaepernick and everything with that like i just it's it does it surprises me how even though so many incidents have occurred that you can still have someone say oh well i think they could have done that differently I think we're still sitting in that spot of like you have a you have a platform to use and if you don't use it then what's the point of you having the platform mm-hmm. right um i know i know several people that i've talked to before like that have that same well you could have done it better well what other way to do it better like let's go to kaepernick's way of uh, of kneeling right how many yeah. people did he upset because he kneeled during the national anthem which again was not his idea in the first place his idea was to sit on the bench it wasn't until a green beret said you should kneel because it's a little bit more respectful and he still caught under fire blackballed from the nfl for kneeling but that was the point of the platform was that's in the in in the in the world of i'm trying to bring things to light like i'm trying to get people to understand what we are talking about and what we're going through i can't remember who the player was from oh shoot was it philadelphia that uh oh no it was um seattle that um he was saying he didn't say no it was philadelphia he wasn't saying anything he just used posters and basically said that on his posters that i'm not gonna talk about anything until you guys talk about what's going on until mm-hmm. you guys address what's going on and so i see no issue in 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 monterey saying no we're not going to play a game until until you tell us what happened until you tell us the the findings of the investigation then then we're not going to play and i think they have every right to do so i think that they um did a good job of expressing that that point and yeah sure sorry to the people of the people of Tulsa, but like, it wasn't a bad way to leverage. But that's not the that's the not, bottom line. Yeah, that's not the bottom line. Yes, you lose out on a game and some revenue, but when you start to equate money to human life and human emotions and perception, I think that's where you have a lost cause. Yeah, and I mean, going beyond that, so then the findings do come out. The USL suspends the player. Um, I don't. I think it's Wyke. I'm not sure his last name. Yeah, I think so. Um, they suspend the player, and uh, excuse me. Um, Twelve matches. Twelve matches suspension. 
all of a sudden there's just a lot of uproar, obviously, namely with the Tampa Bay Rowdies fans. Mm -hmm. And of course, within a day or so, Tampa Bay Rowdies puts out a statement in which poorly done form in that they put out a statement where they essentially say uh, to paraphrase that there was, you know, what, what was the evidence? And, you know, they just seem to like, they seem to really kind of err on the side of, well, this is what's being said. You know, we haven't seen any evidence. Like, you know, can this person prove what was being said? And, you know, of course, obviously, now it's going to be like, well, if we don't see anything concrete, then, you know, how do we know this is real, right? And so this is the narrative they're setting up. And, of course, you know, Twitter unloads, like the the activists of Twitter unload about how this is totally not good posture, how, you know, now the narrative is, oh, if you don't have evidence or some sort of video, then it didn't happen. And then people are spinning that, oh, well, isn't it innocent till proven guilty? Like totally spinning all the things that should be for the right causes and for the wrong side of the cause. And it was just really sad to see. And then, of course, a couple days later, the rowdies feel the heat, getting dragged by some some who's who's of... Mm -hmm the USL, as far as uh, diversity, equity, inclusion are concerned, they come back with the statement, oh, we've spoke to our local DEI. Um, uh, I think they said, uh, what did they say, advisors. And then they basically prefaced at the top their apologies about their intents and what they were trying to say, but still left the rest of it the way it was. And it was like, when that happens, I mean, you know, I don't know, like about you guys, but for me, I'm like, well, I mean, to me, it's like it's still the same statement, and right. you know, you you posted it to a live page, right? So now you've updated the page, so no one could say find the original, if you will, unless they like obviously went in and screenshotted it, which I'm sure they did. Um, you know they had to kind of back off of almost trying to appeal how long it was for. Like that was like the last thing they should be doing is appealing the length of a suspension, you know, or trying to levy that, Oh, that's too harsh. When maybe in the past, the USL hasn't done much or hasn't really, you know, the the length of suspension or the punishment hasn't really fit the, you know, the crime, if you will. And of course, like one of the latest things that that they're kind of bringing out is like, okay, so uh, it's just you know people on on Twitter just get get all crazy with what what they're saying, and they're like, so a club that allows a certain chant using the p word um, that is heard loud and clear on television is up in arms about you know um, what what was said. And people are kind of like, well, why isn't that being brought? Why aren't they being also, you know? So it's, and then I, I was just reading a lot of comments today on Twitter where people were like um, talking about everything about the employees that didn't get to work their shifts. And then I go, okay, I go, well, things need to be addressed at certain times. And right now, this is something that happened and it needs to be addressed and it needs to be punished. And I think that it's, 
at some point it needs to become severe enough to where people understand that this is not acceptable. Like, you know, period. Yeah, it's like players need to players really do have the power in their hands. Like, you know, like we did see it with Loyal walking off the pitch. I mean, and we've yeah. you know, we've seen that a couple times or at least one time with them and mm -hmm. the reality is the players could essentially just say, "Hey, you know what? We're not going to play in this condition." And, you know, just go ahead and sit down and whatever it may be, you know. And, you know, it's interesting that these things seem to kind of surround the later part of the season, right? The postseason when things are when, – when results have a lot to do with things. And um, I know I thought about it a couple seasons ago. You know, people just really do try to – they do say things or try to get in one's heads – around the same time and they, they use in tactics that are they're like the things you kind of remember from when you were a kid you know you like bag on someone or try to really insanely irritate them to make them blow off on you know blow up on you and everything and it much hasn't changed but the thing i was going to say is like one obviously unacceptable two um so I, I remember hearing, thinking that I heard something coming out of Monterey on the broadcast. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily come out and go, oh, they're saying this word. I remember I went into the DM of Hugh Roberts and I said, hey, uh, Hugh, I, mean, I know you're you know, your champion, like anti-racist soccer club. I know that you're all over the DEI stuff. Like, this is what people are saying they heard on the broadcast, you know, mm -hmm. like, and I remember I was like, I mean, I don't know. You might want to check into that, see what's happening. I know he was doing that. I know that I've since seen some supporters say that they say Elmo apparently, and I'm sure they stretch out the L on Elmo. They say what? Elmo. Like they say Elmo. So on a goal kick, they're saying Elmo or whatever they're saying, right? But of course, it's like, and I think El Paso had to learn this the hard way too. Hmm. Maybe don't use words that sound like the word, you know? Maybe don't try to mask it that well. Maybe that's not a good look because obviously I'm sure there's probably some people who are probably saying the real thing. And that is, those are the people that's voices are probably closer to the mic, if that's the case. And if they really are truly all saying Elmo and it's still coming out as this other thing, right? I don't know. Like, I'm just thinking like, maybe let's not have the appearance of, of wrongdoings here. You know what I mean? Like maybe right. let's, let's change it up a little bit. So don't leave it up to interpretation. Seriously. And especially knowing how broadcasts have the power of filtering in noise through the COVID era, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like who knows what audio they're sampling, you know what I mean? Like right. ESPN <laughs> is playing the, it's playing the advocate or some sort. Um, guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, wrapping up the soft serve era, just kind of, uh, you know, letting y'all know about some of the things happening around uh, the world as we see it. Uh, and we'll, when we come back for the break, we'll jump into the Enchanted 11, which I know we've been missing. Go, 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 go,
we're jumping into the Enchanted 11. I know we haven't hit um, the Enchanted 11 in a couple of weeks now. Me and Patrick definitely have missed talking about uh, what's happening in uh, Division 1 and 2 uh, college soccer amongst these New Mexico schools. So we're happy to get back into that. Uh, Patrick, uh, man, it, you know, I know that we hadn't talked about it, but I know we've been watching games here and there, uh, you know, in between life kind of happening a little bit. Um, are you excited to get back into some Enchanted 11? Yes, I'm very excited. It's been a lot of games since then. There's a lot of good news, too. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, a lot of things that we talked about, if you remember, um, in between the transition of non conference to conference play. You know, now we've seen some things really transpire. I think maybe some narratives are, are taking shape. Maybe others are still kind of coming along. But let's kind of start this uh, segment off kind of reviewing the standings uh, lately for each of the colleges. Uh, and you got uh, New Mexico State first. Uh, so the Aggies sitting currently in second in the Mountain West. Um Coming off of in the Mountain uh, West, what? Oh, the Mountain West. What did I say? Oh my uh, gosh, you are you are converting. Uh burn me at the stink. <laughs> I am still wearing. I may not be wearing an Aggie shirt, but I am wearing Aggie shorts today. So okay, so know. you so you're covered. <laughs> I'm covered. Yes. Um, next week it'll be socks. So, <laughs> um, in the whack. Wow. Um. Not that they wouldn't be second in the Mountain West, anyways. Probably Ooh. maybe first. So, um, uh, coming off a disappointing loss against uh, Utah Tech, but uh, I think that was one that uh, they were really going to fight for. Um, the game that I expected to go a little bit um, tougher, and it was one of the ones that we had circled, was Southern Utah. Okay. Um, going ahead, winning that Southern Utah game two zero. Um, I thought they showed a lot of resilience, and they were sitting off of. Uh, let me double check that. I think that was a f- three-game win streak. Yeah, three-game win streak, um, beating Tarleton, Al, Al- Albaline Christian, and then Southern Utah. Um, so Sam Houston's next. Uh, Sam Houston towards the bottom of the table uh, should be uh should hopefully be um. A good one. They're on the road for their last game, so um, four-game road show starting with Utah Tech. Um, it's kind of tough. So hopefully they they keep everything together. Do you think? Do you think that? Um, do you think that was a good way? I mean, I know that some of this obviously has to do with how the previous years go, but do you think that they got the better schedule having the rest of their season being on the road? Um. I think for the Aggies, I want to say – let me see if I can look at their – I want to say that they're doing better at home. They are doing better at home. So um, they are 6-0-1 oh, at home and 1-4-1 and one on the road. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I think if you're the Aggies, you're saying we probably would have wanted at least one game in there at home before we end the conference. Uh, before we end a conference play, but um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see how it shows out. I was, you know, you expect to beat Stephen F. Austin. Right. Um, but uh, picking up that loss, 
doesn't really help your cause a ton on the road. So um, we'll see. You have the only win that you have on the road in conference is UTRGV. So um, you kind of have to wait to see your one and two in conference play on the road. So uh, those aren't always the those aren't always the best to to see. So right. Um, so I got the Lobos. So New Mexico Lobos currently sitting two one and three uh, in fifth uh, under San Diego State and Wyoming, who are currently holding the one and two spots in the Mountain West. Um, I have to say I'm a bit surprised. Um, um, well, a bit surprised because obviously the Lobos had returned a lot of players. I mean, of course they were, they are missing Alexa Curtin. That's a big one. Gwyn Malley, obviously. Um, and, you know, and, and of course, um, um, oh, I'm, why am I going to draw a blank here? The goalkeeper, I can't, uh, I can't place her name right now. What's going on here? You might look that up for me, the goalkeeper from from last season for the Lobos. Um, so one of you will get that for me. But uh, so I just think like, you know, it's for me, it's been a surprise. I understand that like, you know, soccer, as you and I have talked before, Patrick, um, is kind of a secondary thing in a way. Uh, they are going to school and it is about education. And there's probably a whole lot to really speak on why a season goes from where you're beating every team. So, you know, where, you know, where, you know, the games are a little different, but I mean, also not just anything about what's happening off the pitch, but I mean, on the pitch, like, look, the teams are, are getting better in the mountain West. I mean, you know, the recruiting is probably getting better. I mean, we're, look, we're in a new era now with, uh, with NIL and with, you know, the way players can be paid, right. Given an extra money, uh, scholarships and such. And, you know, and so, when you consider all the different schools and the different surroundings, I mean, to me, it doesn't seem that much unfathomable that a Boise state or a Colorado, right. Um, could boast um, a little bit more opportunity, uh, you know, as far as some assistance, how they're helping players. Right. Cause people like rave about going to Colorado, right. Or Boise state may, come off as real wholesome and what they might be able to do. And, you know, so there's all these different factors involved, but a two, one and three Lobo team, you know, considering that's only really like half of the season. And, you know, prior to, to this season, they were just killing it. Right. The last two, two years, um, the season's not gone. Like they can easily um, win some matches to turn some things around. And, I mean, really, they're in a good position if you consider a couple things. Um, things I would also, I would kind of put out there is that one, um, they have the match against San Diego State, who is currently leading the division, as like their last match, and it's in Albuquerque. So, I mean, the home field advantage will be in their favor. That's one thing. The second thing is that because they won the Mountain West last year, the tournament is in Albuquerque as well. So I mean, that's two—that's two big um, events really that are happening within the scope of just three days in the same place. I mean, to me, like that can easily turn things around. I mean, because the person who wins the tournament, right, is ultimately the person who's going to get that invitation to the dance. So like, really, they're sitting in good shape. You know, they'll have seen 
all these teams once before. And as you know, I mean, this is where things will change. I mean, it's it's for that, it kind of has a little bit of that 2020 feel with like playing a team once or sorry, playing them twice in the regular season. But now in this case, the teams that the Lobos played where the results didn't maybe go their way, I mean, they have a chance to really turn those things around. Um, something that so was go ahead really fast. He wanted to know the goalkeeper for yeah. 2020, 21, 22 season. Yes. So they they have two listed. Okay. Um, so. Malia and then Emily. Emily Johnson is probably. There you go, man. Strike me down now, soccer gods. Don't really, but I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Emily Johnson. Yeah, don't ask for that just yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we got to finish this podcast first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Emily Johnson, that's right. I mean, how could I forget? Um, big presence in the net. Um, and so, yeah, definitely um, that's that's a big thing. But, I mean, Lobos are doing well with the current roster. The, the current goalkeeper is a freshman. Um, so, I mean, there's so much – there's so much to look forward for this this Lobo team. Um, Allie Davis is the the goalkeeper, and she is just uh, just fierce in the net. Um, a couple of results to me that I thought kind of hit me differently were the zero uh, three loss to Colorado College. Um, you know, sure, Colorado College has a lot of athleticism. Um, they have they had a lot of tall players, as I remembered, and they definitely. Um, weren't shy on on hitting the frame, but this year they really just kind of were able to take what it was like the previous year against the Lobos and ultimately just uh, turn turn results around. Um, and that that's kind of a big deal, I think. Um, the other thing too is they get a tie with San Jose State, who in the previous seasons certainly was a contender when it came to the mountain West. So uh, that tie is probably very, very critical. Uh, I believe that tie, that tie that when they played San Jose state a couple of years ago was like really the, the, the one, one match that kind of kept them from, from going to the, the final of the mountain West tournament. So, so right now, I mean, the Lobos sitting in good shape, they played, UNLV today, as we were talking, as we're recording this, they played UNLV. They won 1 0. Uh, Leilani Baker got the lone goal. Um, I saw that. She was kind of like a, a little bit of like a drop kick, you know. I mean, she might be trying out for WWE uh, <laughs> as far as how she got that ball in the net. It was cool. Um, so that's currently what's going on uh, with the Lobos uh, sitting fifth, but. Uh, I think things are going to turn around for them in the, in the coming weeks. I think um, that win puts them higher now. Right, right. Well, they'll be at 3-1-3. Three, and three, and uh, that's a good question. Let's see. Put them at two. What's up? They put them at number two. Lone spot for two. Wow. So quick, a quick jump. It's uh, sitting San Diego State at 13 points, UNM at 12, Wyoming at 11, Boise State and Utah State tied at 10, and then Colorado College at 9. How many make it into the Mountain West tournament? Ooh. Is it 8 or 6? I think it's 6. So it looks like the lone, the spots right now, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Colorado College sitting in the sixth spot 
Right. So, so it's crazy. It's crazy how before this pod and, and even during it, how these results can change. You know, you could say, oh, well, two, one, and three. Like, man, they're sitting fifth. And now all of a sudden, you know. Feels like another New Mexico team. <laughs> right, yeah. New, Mex- <laughs> New Mexico is uh, is figuring it out. So that's what's happening currently with the Lobos. Um, jumping over to eastern New Mexico, um, the Greyhounds are sitting at 2-5-1, and one, sitting 11th out of 13th. Uh, they do have Dallas Baptist. I put that again. They have Dallas Baptist um, that they're playing this weekend, uh, which uh, Dallas Baptist and Angelo State currently sitting number one and two um, in the uh, Lone Star Conference. And, uh, I mean that much was kind of perceived that those two schools were going to be fighting for it. But I think that Eastern New Mexico has a chance to make a statement against Dallas Baptist. Um, they have been certainly gelling together more in the, the last few weeks. Um, the results obviously being mixed, but nonetheless, I mean, we knew that this was going to be kind of a, a challenging year for head coach Eric Belcher, uh, who stepped into the position. Um, and I do know that besides what's going on with his current season, that he is obviously also uh, picking up recruits for his next season. So that's very positive to also be getting commits as well um, go- while going through your initial season, right? So um so that's kind of what's happening with with them and i'm pulling up the standings for lone star just because you know things i got it i pulled it up for you because i knew what you got uh what are you looking for (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna i was pulling up just so i could look at them but yeah yeah give me the give me give us the top five top five uh Dallas Baptist, San Angelo State, or Angelo State, sorry, uh, West Texas A&M, St. Edwards, and then Lubbock. Yeah, so right now, I mean, obviously, you can see kind of a tight race in the mid, you know, as far as we're concerned. I mean, Eastern New Mexico, they they still have, like I said, some, some they still have some, like, some, you know, some important matches coming up. Obviously, Dallas Baptist, huge one. Um, and they'll have West Texas A&M, Lubbock Christian, and uh, University, University of Texas Tyler um, as these matches. Now, I mean, you know, obviously these teams, for the most part, sitting above them um, underneath Angelo and such. So, I mean, these these wins or these, these matches resulting in wins could obviously be huge for this season and kind of change the conversation a little bit. And uh, probably pitch them a little bit higher up than maybe they were predicted to finish. Is that number two that I'm seeing? Oh, oh, that number two, that number one. Dallas Baptist is the number one. They are the number one D two in the entire uh, nation in the uh, United Soccer Coaches That's poll for Division two. For Division two, yes. And Angelo State is up to 
is no longer in the rankings. <laughs> right. Yeah, they were like twenty five, and then they were, and then they ended up. Dallas Baptist ended up losing to Angelo Angelo State. Right. Which is real. Which is real crazy. But that match, like, totally is going to be indicative of you know much of how they finish. Um, you know whether they share share conference like they have before. Oh, West Texas A and M is also getting is also ranked. West Texas A and M University is seventeenth. So you you just begin to see how how clear the picture is as far as the schools and the conference. It's a pretty tough conference. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, D two is is still got its grit. So it's pretty tough. So that, so that's kind of Eastern New Mexico. So what do you got going on with uh, New Mexico Highlands? Uh, let's pop the confetti because Highlands wow. picked up their first win. Whoa. It's amazing. Uh, yes. Pop, pop, pop. Confetti uh, goes. Veronica, let's get some firework pop noises in here. <laughs> yeah, cover, cover me up, please. Put yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, they took a 1-0 win over uh, Black Hill State. I think that was one of the games that I said in the last time that we talked about um, uh, about the Chanted 11 was that if you were going to pick up a win, that was that was the place to do it, right? And so um, good for them. They get, they get that one and uh, – um, I'm trying to remember who scored, and so I forgot. Um, uh, Celeste Dominguez is the one that's going to pick up the pick up the lone goal. Um, but uh, like I said, if that was going to be the place that you were going to get get the win, uh, it was a good place. It was a good place to do so. So um, not too bad because I mean, there's literally they're not like they're not dead last, if you will. I mean, yeah, they're definitely sharing a, a spot with Black Hill State University, um, you know, and so so that's great. I mean, you have to think like, you know, and that's that's one that I didn't get to see. You Did you get to see that match by chance? I, I went back and I got to watch the replay. It was a pretty it was a pretty tight game. Um, goal uh, goal comes in uh, pretty early, I believe. Um, they did, however. Um, I'm gonna put this out there. They played in the Sanchez Family Stadium, which is the football stadium. Okay. Where they don't normally play, but it was their pink game, uh, their breast cancer awareness pink game. Right. And um, they're officially one and zero in that stadium. So. Hey. Hey, all I'm saying is sometimes a change venue. Got a couple of home games left. It could change everything. So that's much different from playing out there on that pitch where the, the feed is kind of choppy and such. You never know. I'd much rather play on the grass than the turf, but oh. um but uh no, they I think the last time that we um had talked about them, it, uh they had played Colorado Christian University. They were set to play Western Colorado, no, they were set to play Metropolitan State University of Denver, the mouthful of a college to try and pronounce, <laughs> right. um, where they lost uh, 
zero three. Oh, I lied. They played that one in Sanchez Family Stadium, so they're one and one. <laughs> the truth. Comes I just up. I just now saw that part. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I thought they'd played at the complex on that one, but um, ignore my previous comment about them being one. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it, um, but um, lost zero to three, uh, and then they just lost today to Colorado University of Colorado at Colorado Springs um 04 um it's a tough which loss. which uh isn't fun but if we if you look at the standings for that one uh UC, UCCS I think is sitting in first so um so I don't know if that's the end of the world I don't know where else the the cowgirls are going to pick up some of the wins um you kind of probably you want to look to end this season on a good note um and uh and and find out where you can get them now so uh where are we where yeah uccs sitting in second place in third place so third place, right? um that's a tough one so now they've got colorado state uh university at pueblo might be uh, one that you pick up. They're sitting at eight points uh, just above them. So, Or Westmeister is also up in there that fighting in the RMAC. So I think Adam State is probably the next game that you're looking at, last game of the year. Um, not at home in Alamosa, um, but uh, that's, a, that's a game that you're probably trying to fight for a good result for and and you end the season and uh, on a good note, and you prep for for next year, where it seems like you have a lot of promise with a very young squad. So um, that's kind of it's kind of where we're at for Highlands. The biggest thing, congratulations on getting your first win. It's always awesome to see you guys get your first win. So that's right. Shout out to Las Vegas and uh, first win for. Um, Goalkeeper, if, uh, <laughs> I'm forgetting all their oh, names. Oh, Samantha Jeffries. Um, is it? No. Is that no, that's not right. That's not right. Let uh, Let me. I I'm, I got you. I got you. You just you just keep with that thought there, sir. Isabella Ortiz. Hey. There we there we Isabella go. Ortiz's first college win. Samantha Jeffries is Eastern New Mexico. Yes. That'll be on the trivia next year. I was like, that name sounds familiar too. <laughs> but um, still trying to learn everybody's right. It's a lot of it's a lot of names to remember. I'm gonna um, say. I'm gonna say. Uh so um Isabella picked up her first win. I was reading the article. Uh they asked her, How do you feel? And she only said one word and she just said great, like really loud. So um, <laughs> so that's good. That's the type of that's the type of feeling you want to go in going towards. Unfortunately, like you have to play a pretty good Colorado uh, call UCCS team. Um, but you want to transfer that same feeling out into the next couple of games that you got. And um, like, like NMSU, they'll finish out their season on the road. So um, they've got next one on Sunday against Colorado State University of Pueblo. And then everything else is on the road. So. Last, okay. home, last home game on Sunday, and then everything else is on the road. So, okay. Well, uh, something else that we have to talk about today we uh, we we have posted up the uh, September goal of the month 
uh, thread for the Enchanted Eleven. Uh, I was happy to say that that's up there now, and uh, you can certainly vote on goals uh, scored by or bangers uh, put into the soccer verse uh, by Bianca Chacon of New Mexico State, Gia Valenti also of New Mexico State, Jaden Edwards, and Sophia Roberts, both of New Mexico Lobos. So there are four goals out there. Um, as you hear this, definitely go to the Twitter. Um, the post obviously goes had gone up this evening on the 13th. Um, certainly cast your vote, share it, you know, get your friends involved. We could all have some fun looking at amazing goals. Um, and uh, I mean, are you, are Patrick, are you excited about uh, the Enchanted 11 goal of the month? I mean, you know, when we first threw it out there, you know, the thought was, man, I don't know how many candidates we're going to get. But, I mean, I could have swore there were – I know there were a lot of goals scored in September, but these absolutely, I felt, were like the creme de la creme. Um, I really enjoy these goals. I am more disappointed at where we're at on the voting now. Um, oh, I was the first one to vote. Oh, were you? Yes. I let the bias set in on that one. So, <laughs> um, Ooh. I I had voted for Bianca Chacon's goal. Oh, did you? Yes. And now that I'm looking at Jaden Edwards having the most votes, I like I like her goal, but it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I was de- I was definitely waiting to see like how things were going to pick up. I do see that we got a retweet by Jaden Edwards. In the ah, third. there we go. Ah, so uh, shout out to you, Jaden. Shout out to Jaden. Killing it. Um, so Sorry that I let my bias set in, Jaden. Your goal is very good, but I won't let it happen again. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'll spare you this time. So I mean, like, <laughs> But it's it's good to it's just good to kind of uh it's good to kind of put this out there, right? I mean, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry it came a little late, but it's just good to put it out there because we are wanting to elevate uh New Mexico women's soccer for NCAA division one and two. Um I don't think that they get enough clout. I think individually for the schools, you know, they definitely get some, but to be able to collectively kind of group them together and be like, Hey, look, you know, y'all are representing this state, um, you know, is one thing. And we want to just give you a platform to do anything. And I mean, the sky is the limit. Like we haven't even, there's so many other things that, that we'll do or can do. We got so, we got so many other ideas to, to highlight and spotlight these girls. Um, I don't know how many of them listen to us, but shout out to everyone. Even if we're not, you know, even if you're not in the goal of the week or whatever, um, you guys are doing amazing work at all of your colleges. And just just so that all of us from here are saying you guys keep up the hard work and the passion and we'll do our best to keep pushing that clout for you too. That's right. Love it. So that will last until about next Wednesday. And we'll see where things are at, you know. Definitely, I'm sure, come on here each day and re-quote tweet the uh, post to kind of get it out there and keep putting it across uh, folks' eyes. Um, so I know, like, we've been really kind of talking player of the week stuff, and uh, 
so happy that we've got a spreadsheet kind of going on and and I was going to take this time to kind of just um, just talk about maybe some of the players who are probably going to be going into our, our stat pool as far as player of the week is concerned. And I'll, I'll just start uh, in no particular order. I'll go with um, New Mexico uh, Highlands U as far as uh, the different players that I think are going to wind up in our voting for this next week. Uh, we've got... Uh, Alondra Sabalos. Um, she, it says G Sabalos, but I'm sure it's probably there's another hyphenated name. Uh, currently got four goals for the team. Um, these may have come maybe in the preseason, I'm guessing as well. Um, but four goals, one assist on the season, nine points total. Uh, Nitsa Rodriguez sitting with three goals, one assist, seven points on the season. Anna Medina sitting with three goals, no assist, six points. Uh, Brianna Fatten, uh, two goals, one assist, five points. Um, I hadn't even talked about things like shots on goal or, or shots, right? Like, obviously, like, those numbers are pretty high. We could say um, Brianna Fatten takes, has taken 45, 46 shots, so that's huge. For her, um, t- uh, Tanya or Tania Salcedo, I think it's Tanya though. Um, one goal, two assists, four points. Carly Griego with uh, one goal, uh, just two points. And one goal for Janice Martinez. Um, two assists for Monique Navarez. And Alyssa Palmer rounding it out with one assist, one point. So, I mean, there's quite a bit of young ladies for New Mexico Highlands that find themselves on the team sheet. And we're just simply tracking things like game-winning goals, goals, assists, shots, shots on goal. Um, we're definitely trying our hand at things like clearances, turnovers, chances created. Um, obviously, saves for the keepers. Um so certainly those are some players that are going to be winding up in the pool. Um, then going over to New Mexico State, um, I won't dig too deep into the numbers because we'll, we can definitely wash, wash that out when we are talking who got the, can, who got the, the nomination, so to say, or the awarding of it. But uh, names that you're familiar with, Patrick, I know, uh, Loma McNeese, Bianca Chacon, uh, Zitali Hernandez, uh, Sophia Bearworth, Sydney Johnson, the freshman standout we knew, right? Uh, Maya Hammock, uh, Megan Ormson, who's really stepped up lately, uh, Brooke Schultz, uh, Gianna, or as they were calling her, Gia Valentini, or Valenti, rather. Valenti. Valenti, yeah. Um, Dahlia Chavaria. Uh, Blakely Edgar. Uh, Gina Johannes. And Tanya Tapia. Uh, Maya Gonzalez. So those players we know. But also, I know that besides the stat line, we have to throw out Landy Williams, Mike. And, and McKenna and got McKenna all shock as far as yeah I was gonna say yeah yeah about McKenna because McKenna's well, been playing out of her mind 
Yeah, and you can't forget about Hannah Draper too. I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Like the thing, the thing about this that we were really trying to do. Well, I want to say it is like we were trying to figure out how to make sure players who aren't going to be maybe scoring goals or getting assists or shooting or having shots on frame could still be recognized, right? That it's not just always a goalkeeper getting defensive player of the week, you know? And so, I mean, so that's definitely what we're looking at. You have to watch the game a little bit closer, which we're trying to do. And, you know, just obviously recording some stats that we know that won't be recorded. Um, Next, going to uh, the Lobos, uh, players to really be watching out for. And, you know, and Patrick, it gets so crazy because it's like, you know, you could pretty much read off everyone if you wanted to. Yeah. You know, uh, noticeable players, we know Jaden Edwards, uh, Leilani Baker, uh, Zaria Katasigua, uh, Carly Mays, uh, Natalie Degagni. Um, and then you get into like Sophia Roberts. Um, Mercedes Morris, Jalen Hendren, Paris Dalton, uh, Lisa Mariner. And then I would say beyond folks who have points on the roster that you really have to consider, you have to look at Ken Havener. You got to look at Paige Satterley. Um, you have to look at Dallas Bruce. And of course, like you're going to look at, um, you're going to look at goalkeeper Ali Davis. And of course, lastly, I think, uh, Sakura Yoshida as uh, different players that you're going to want to highlight. Um, we didn't even think about minutes as a category. No, no <laughs> you, we didn't. You know, and that that may be something that we'll have to actually kind of go back and and factor in, really, because you know so much of that has has a play in things too. You know, you need those legs running to be able to kind of keep play going. So. Uh, lastly, for Eastern New Mexico, um, when looking at their players, you, you can't go too far without saying Hannah Grady. Um, you're going to say Abby Ditzler, uh, Kelsey Medina, Samantha Vasquez, and Tori Galindo, and Sophia Trejo. Um, then you're going to uh, also be looking at Haley Huff. Um, you're going to catch the keeper, as we said. Um which trivia who's the keeper so oh samantha jeffries so uh you gotta you know you have to keep your eye on her i mean there's different players on this team um for the most part who are the usual um players that are that are winding up in the mix so uh we're developing the pool you know obviously this is a first time thing we've been talking about it so I'm excited just to kind of keep talking about it and uh and you know and soon we'll have something that we can fully factor in every week. So that's a little bit of that. Uh we've talked pretty much who's coming up for each of the teams as well. Um, but just kind of a quick run through again for that. The Aggies are playing Sam Houston Saturday. Um the Lobos are playing Nevada on Sunday. Uh, Eastern New Mexico will take on Dallas Baptist um, uh, this weekend. I believe it's Saturday or Sunday. 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 Okay. And then uh, New Mexico Highlands are hosting um, CSU Pueblo as well. And that is on Sunday. 
Sunday as well. So that's going to wrap up this segment of the Enchanted 11. We're glad you tuned in. Um, we'll be back with another segment next week and obviously talking more amazing New Mexico women's soccer. But we're going to go to a break at this point. Go. You got a mind, but even that could change. You could flip the gray matter like some batter in your brain. Uh, that's why to say, fake it till you make it, a. Eh? And if you play that game, then you just might make a change. Rearrange all the bad to okay. Take the worst I say and turn them to a game. Take the best I say and put them on display. On repeat in your brain till you're feeling no more pain. Uh. Never slow yourself down, you can do some more. Push past, start a pain. And we're back from the break. Oh, that was fun to talk. Uh, New Mexico women's college software, Patrick. Um, he is uh, not, or he had to leave us a little early tonight. So uh, Veronica is back uh, on the pod uh, in this segment, joining me as we just kind of talk about New Mexico United and what we uh, know as of late. Uh, so Veronica jumping into things. Obviously, at the top of the episode, we talked about the fact that we had gone to see uh, New Mexico United uh, playing against San Diego Loyal. Um, mm-hmm. We were able to attend that match in person um, at Torero Stadium. Um, off the top of my head, um, goals, goals, goals. Six goals in this game. Uh, 3-3 draw with Loyal. Uh, what was your initial reaction to the amount of goals scored in this match. Did you kind of expect that or what was your thought? No, I was expecting more of a, maybe one of us will get a goal in type of situation. I wasn't expecting for both, both uh, teams to be like scoring that much. Honestly, it was just, uh, it was exciting. I actually, I actually missed two of those because. <laughs> you were was, caught up in concessions, weren't you? I was totally caught up in that. And all I keep hearing was, was yeah. And I'm like, wait, what happened? What happened? And then <laughs> people were like, San Diego scored again. And I was like, oh, no. But yeah, it was. <laughs> well, an interesting game because both teams would each have a player take the penalty kick for them. Um, obviously, United would United would score first going up 1-0. Justin mm-hmm. Portillo taking the pen. Um, I thought initially, I was like, wow, we scored first. We hadn't really scored first with San Diego uh, too mm-hmm. many times. Um, definitely, it seemed to be good, um, but that did not last as San Diego would, in fact, find two back to back scores. Uh, one was a pen, so that was. It seemed like that was the game we were in for. I guess I would say that with mm-hmm. with another pen in the box. I thought, okay, are both teams going to be kind of playing the same sort of strategy? Um, where it got interesting was San Diego's second goal. I was watching this. You were definitely in the concessions line, but um, um, San Diego charged up the middle. I. Uh, it was quite interesting because I know we were playing kind of a back three, but uh, Alexi Swy being on the right side um, was, for the most part, playing the outside um, player who was coming up up the side of the pitch. I think he was really just trying to make sure that he wasn't giving up a wide angle. And I thought to myself, 
it's not going to be there. The player up the middle, like, was really on um, Alexi's uh, backside. He really just couldn't see him until he turned around full step, and then he saw the player. And it just seemed like from there it was, like, all – it was done. Like, I mean, the the ball changed possession a few times among San Diego Loyal, and, of course, there was a player there, um, which was uh, Guido, um, to be able to uh, put his head on the ball and essentially – get the ball in the net. So it was 2-1 at this point, loyal. And Mm -hmm. the rate that the goals were being scored, I wondered, um, I did wonder at that point, you know, was anyone playing defense? You know, like what what exactly was happening? I mean, they they both seemed to be going at it pretty aggressively. It was... um... You know, it was it was like a full on charge attack from both. They were both attacking. I don't. I didn't see a lot of. Uh, it was it was it was a good one. Well, it was like coming into this match. You know, most San Diego fans were more focused on the Padres game. If we're being honest, right. um, they had already clinched playoffs. They already sealed a second spot, and really, this game didn't really matter to most of the supporters in the stands, other than just having their friends from New Mexico out and mm-hmm. uh, you know just. Yeah, just enjoying another another day at Toraro Stadium. Um, you know, of course, for us, you know, we were there hoping that uh, United could clinch a playoff position, and they would have done so with a win. However, um, again, this thing went into a 3-3 draw, although something more exciting, if you're a United fan, was that Amanda Moreno uh, did, manage, uh, did manage to rise up from a place where he had tore his ACL last season in this very same game, um, not oh, only did true. yeah, not only did he uh, rise up and overcome, but he managed to score two goals. He bagged a brace on Torero uh, Stadium. I know that had to make Amanda Moreno feel um, just uncanny for the moment, because mm-hmm. um, so much of his life was up in the air with you know having played plenty of national team matches for. La Selecta, um, as well as just, you know, trying to give his all for United. Uh, but Moreno gets on the board twice. And, of course, you know, the the narrative that, that came out of the match, as far as he was concerned, was if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. And, I mean, you know, just Veronica just wanted to get, I guess, kind of your your take on, on how good it was to see Moreno get both of those goals and, you know, essentially, if you think about how he's been playing uh, weeks ahead, you know, he's been lucky to really be in a position to have his foot on a ball, but to really have uh, two hot goal-scoring opportunities. I mean, you know, what do you make of that? I mean, you know, we we were there last year when, when he tore his ACL. So um, we, we got to see, you know, Unfortunately, at a very young age, he he had a very bad injury. Um, took him on what about a year, a year to recover, which is faster than most players. And yeah, no, you're right. I you know I hadn't honestly thought about it while it was happening that he's kind of. But what you see is that he's kind of he's a uh, like claiming victory over his injuries, and you know, kind of like saying like like you can't you can't keep me down. <laughs> So for him to have scored that at at that match literally a year later is 
is pretty like impressive and i'm sure he um i mean I, I don't think we've gotten any feedback on his feelings on it but i'm sure that he must be immensely proud as well as you know his family and friends and people that have been there you know through his journey watching him recover and and watching him go down the last season right yeah, I mean, the only thing he had said to, I think it was he went live on maybe Instagram, perhaps, after okay. the match. And he just said that, uh, you know, it feels good to have been able to score. And, uh, you know, he was just really kind of dedicating that to New Mexico and the support that he's that he's had. So um, that's awesome. all the best to him. And then uh, lastly, uh Seems like rivalry drawing near, I said. Like, drawing. We just seem to draw every time we play San Diego. And you kind of wonder, is there a rivalry? Should one mount up? Even if it is a rivalry um, rooted in respect, should Mm -hmm. there be one? I mean, if you play a team so many times, we've played, I think, Loyal four times now, and we have not been able to, we have not lost, but we have not, you know, been able to forge a victory. I mean, do you really look at this sort of match as, okay, maybe maybe there's something to it? I mean, it's definitely a rivalry out of respect. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of really good friends out there, you know, on, on the Chavos camp and stuff like that and, and uh, Fiends and who else? Do we have out there? Um, they Rainbow they just get, and the, yeah and they they get they get super excited when we come into town, you know, and uh, so it's one of those like there's so much respect. They have a lot of respect for United and and vice versa. And then so when the two teams come together, it's just one of those like um, it's a good time in essence all around for for both sides. Um, there should be definitely be a rivalry and. And it's funny how how these things just evolve from, you know, uh, having played a team a couple of times to where it becomes like a fan favorite, right? Right, exactly. Well, and so definitely a match that we look forward to. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have really too much to say about this match in San Diego. I mean, I wanted it to be more formative uh in the story i wanted it to be the match we clinch playoffs um the draw was you you, we would obviously take the point on the road but you know given the fact that we've already had a few points on the road leading up to this um i thought you know this was really one that we needed to win um especially given the fact with the LA Galaxy uh, match being postponed uh, the previous Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. But all in all, I mean, coming out of San Diego with the draw, as far as a team that is sitting number two, kind of knows what their form is going into the final weeks of the USL. Uh, you can't be disappointed in it. I mean, this is right up there with the draw with San Antonio as well. Um, but you have to hope that the next time United see San Diego, should it be this year in the playoffs, that um, that you know the kid gloves come off and uh, we really do get to see um, what both teams are made out of. 
Um, so transitioning from that, let's talk about the game, the match. We just saw New Mexico United playing the rescheduled match against LA Galaxy 2, Los Dos. Um, this match ends in a 3-2 victory for United. Um, United clinched playoffs at the lab last night. Truly a glorious moment. Um, com- yeah, coming into this one, playoffs up for grabs. A bit of work United had to do as well as some things needed to happen around the league. We know rivals, uh, El Paso Locomotive, were playing at Owling Stadium against Tampa Bay Rowdies, in which we needed El Paso to either draw or lose, and then we needed to win. Uh, I know coming into this match myself, I was kind of hesitant. I didn't really think that both things could happen. Um, just because in the past when we have wished uh, ill will upon our neighbors down south, they seem to overcome. Uh, coming into this match, Veronica, um, I think you seemed to think that there was a way for it all to happen and you had more hope. Um, what really kind of went into that for you? I mean, I kind of just looked at Galaxy, how they've been doing this season. And kind of went back and looked at the standings of, of kind of like where have where they have placed. And um, I would like to say that United plays better this season than, than Galaxy has. Um, so given that, I was kind of like, well, I go, I go, I see them either tying or I see them um, winning. <laughs> and uh, let me go back to... Um, kind of like where it you know for me uh you know you know pretty much it's I think I think when when you see United start off with a pretty strong goal right yeah you you get that encouragement and um it it was it was kind of like one of those roller coaster games because it's like we we got the first goal and then bam they turn around and they score right and you just go like no, and then they score again, <laughs> and that's that's like where you kind of start to lose hope, and then you see like you see the guys kind of like very quickly turn it around, and get get goals two and three, right? Right. So I mean, it's yeah, it was, it was I I did go more optimistic. It was kind of based on on just looking at how Galaxy has been playing like this season. A little a little more in depth and kind of saying like okay well there there is an opportunity there for us um we certainly are familiar with their style of play and um you know uh even though last time uh i forget what what happened uh did we did we win that match we lost that match right against galaxy that was when they played out and uh they went out there to we drew that match, two uh, two. Yeah, we we had the lead and we just got tired. Couldn't we couldn't finish the match, and ultimately we we conceded two goals, and and then that was that was the end of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did how did you feel when you saw that we were going to be victorious in this one, and that most likely we would have a playoff spot? 
Um, honestly, like this this match played out differently for me, right? I said mm -hmm. like I just it was really hard for me to really can see how we were gonna do both. Mm -hmm. When El Paso was losing to Tampa Bay Rowdies, I was like, okay, wow, this is amazing. This is the unthinkable. You know, I was certainly, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, um, sitting on kind of the edge of my seat around the 82nd minute because I felt like this is where things usually change for us. And, you know, though we were sitting with this 3-2 uh, lead around that time of the match, um, you know, I was certainly, uh, I was certainly just kind of wondering if, if we would be able to kind of hold on uh, from that from that point of that standpoint and uh you know some things that that made the night all right for me um seeing united essentially fire up um mm -hmm. we saw Weehan, chris Weehan and uh kevon freighter go off at the half uh so they were early subs right then we saw jerome kisavetter and um, Sergio Rivas come onto the pitch. And right then and there, I thought, okay, well, there wasn't much going on for us. If you consider that it was like a one, two, uh, deficit, we were, we were, we were trailing at the half. So something had to give, right? So as much as I wouldn't have wanted to see Chris Weehan and Kevon Freider come off, um, I wondered, and I maybe wondered if that was the right move, if that was going to help us. Um, seeing Harry Swartz ultimately put two goals in within a uh, within a five minute difference of each mm -hmm. uh, of each other, all made all the difference. I mean, first goal he gets, um, he plays a one touch from. Amanda Moreno and puts it on net. I mean, convincing shot. I I had it was funny. I had made a note um, in the first half because Amanda Moreno had gotten the same sort of ball from Josh Suggs, who was making a textbook run past Amanda Moreno, and instead of him passing it to Suggs, he kept it for himself and then eventually lost it. And I thought, why why didn't Amando play that indirect ball? Like, why didn't he set that up differently for Suggs? I was a little concerned that that's part of what's wrong with some of the, the playing styles on our team. Is that, like, you know, okay, if he if he did that give and go, you know, what, what could have Suggs have created? That's almost the person you would want to have the ball on the flank. So mm -hmm. when that happened, I made a note. And I was like, okay, well, let's see if Amano Moreno keeps, like, keeps keeping the ball to himself or whatnot. Um, of course, things changed. Like I said, um, Harry Swartz just went off. And not only was his first goal amazing, but of course, his second goal was too. I mean, playing a ball that was essentially a 50-50 ball, he gets like a boot on it, kind of kicks it like behind himself and manages to get it to fall into the net. I mean, then the boys are up 3-2, right? Mm -hmm. So the San Diego shift saves the game. Harry Swartz was a shark, I said. He was. Um, picking up the brace. 
And of course, as Zach Prince kind of alluded to in the press conference, he said the wingers have been hot lately. The wingers have picked mm-hmm. up two goals between Amon and Moreno, getting two goals last week, Portillo obviously scoring the pen, and then of course this week Portillo on the pen, and then of course, um, or uh, was he? Did I say Portillo on the pen? I did. I think I did say that. Yeah, and then uh, and then Swartz picking up the two goals. So so far that's what's been happening. But this does raise the flag that okay something's not happening up top with the forwards. Mm-hmm. So I mean going into a match against Colorado Springs, I think that um, that's got to be sorted out, you know. And we we don't have Nico Brett still. Um, Mario Mario Williams wasn't in. Sandoval was would eventually come in, but I mean, not having that sort of productivity up top in this match, I think personally, kind of is a concern. Um, right. You know, uh, I mean, we clinch playoffs, yeah, but you still want to try to give it a fight against Colorado, and then of course, you know you very well may be playing Sacramento uh, or, or uh, you know, the possibility is still endless to play a... To host a playoff match, right? That or the possibility is still to possibly drop down lower in the standings for some reason if you don't get a win where mm-hmm. you could be playing San Diego possibly again uh, or Colorado. So I think that you know, there's some there's some things for Zach to address, but I think that what was different about this game, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. is that he didn't wait until the 60th or 70th minute to make a change. He mm-hmm. specifically said, "Okay, you know, I, first half didn't really see what I needed to see. Here are the changes I'm making," and then he made all of his changes earlier on in the match, 60th, 70th, you know, and then he let it ride out giving the players enough time to really try to do something. Um, he was very fast to make those subs, too, after we went up. So so let's talk about your, like, what do you think would be a good lineup to go up against for this next match? Well, I mean, considering... Just off the top of your head, like... Yeah, I mean... Considering like what we saw is the San Diego lineup again. So mm-hmm. goal wise, I mean, put in the same lineup. Like just leave Weehan and Freighter on the bench this next time around. Yeah. Um, I don't think you want to come out with all your players in the beginning because the only problem is if they can't get something done, like the first time in Colorado, then you have to go to your bench and you you you're not always having those impact players there. So mm-hmm. I think you need your Chris Weehan and your freighter to come off the bench for you and kind of produce like something like additional, but you have to hope that this lineup that you've been using, you know, recognizes the task at hand and can put it together. So I would say keep the same lineup that they started with, but just take freighter and Weehan, keep them <laughs> on, the, on the bench. I think that's kind of what you see from San Diego, you know, is, is that, you know, and I mean, we can't let this go without saying that Kisa better had a couple of opportunities that he could have certainly really cashed in on. I mean, he was there. It just didn't fall for him. Right. Right. 
So let's, I guess let's kind of talk a little bit. Um, we were able to obviously um, get the presser audio from uh, Ulysses. Shout out to Ulysses, our photographer for Seek and Strike. Um, he has sent the presser audio. And of course, we did get a hold of the um, quote sheet as well. Um, excuse me. Bless uh, you. Man, allergies kicking in all of a sudden. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, we were we did get a hold of the coach sheet, and so I did kind of want to ask you, um, since you've heard the presser, and also you probably have kind of looked over some of the words that that Zach Prince said. Um, he initially said that he wasn't concerned about El Paso and about whether they would draw or tie he was just focused on what united needed to do going as far as saying that he told his assistants to just turn off the game let's just focus on us and let's just go out and handle it um hearing that and reading his words and thinking about how the season has been um is it surprising to you that he Knowing what you know, is it surprising to you that he would go into this game and say, I don't really care what happens in that game. We just have to take care of ours. Like, is that is that surprising to you? Is that what you would expect him to say? I mean, kind of tell me what you think. I mean, it's not what I would like to hear. But does it surprise me? It doesn't surprise me because in the past he certainly has – you know, alluded to, you know, let's go game by game, right? Um, so it's it's not what I want to hear. It's not what at, at this point, especially as we're trying to, you know, thank God we, we got into the playoffs. Um, but like you said earlier, do we want to be that team again that plays one match and we're out? Like, I think we want to try to go further. And... Uh, maybe a little more um you know it does matter it should matter at this point <laughs> yeah I, I i think like i mean you know look we're coming from the standpoint of as supporters like knowing that he kind of came into the match is like oh, i don't care what el paso does well whereas the whole nation was caring about what el paso does no one in the stands came into the match like saying, oh, not going to watch that match because guess what? It doesn't really matter. Because it does. It does matter. One, they're the rival. And I feel like that's still something that that head coach Zach Prince has doesn't grasp onto as far as supporters are concerned while he's trying to tell us, oh, I, I just didn't even care about what was happening in that match. It's like, we care. We do care about what was happening in that match. Like, we're supporters of a team. We instantly care about what the rival's doing because it has always come down to what the rival's doing every season. Mm -hmm. And now that the rival's not in, like, we want our lane. This is now our time to shine. And we specifically hope that our head coach is caring about what's also happening in other games, because that's going to make all the difference. I mean, once we leave the regular season, it's mm -hmm. win or go home. Right. So... I guess at that point, if you want to not care about who won the game, fine. Once you get out of regular season, because really, 
you know, whether whether you care or don't, I mean, you're playing that team that won, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, so you can begin to kind of care about that team once you get your result and you see who you're playing. I mean, we know the playoffs, the seat, the seating is going to change over time. I mean, I should say not the seating is going to change, but how the teams are playing, the teams mm-hmm. that are playing, like the lower seed is going to continue to play some probably some some tougher games, you know. So if but you it, go in as a seven seed and you yeah. manage to get an upset on the number two team, I mean, guess what? Like you're gonna be playing the number one team. So you're gonna have a harder route. But it isn't that psychology a little bit baffling from a coach? Well just, it's it's let, like let's just let's just speak humanity here. Let's just let's just speak human talk. Um, you know, you're trying to take your team to victory. You're trying to do something that United has never been able to achieve. And the potential is there. I mean, I believe we have, we have the players there to, to bring that into fruition. So I wonder sometimes like, and this this is just, you know, me speaking freely is like, is it, is it the, the psychology of, of the coaching that hinders us from taking this to the next level when your coach is like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess my thought on it is like, it, to be able to really come into week to week and just say, Hey, like it doesn't really matter what the rest of the, the, the what, doesn't matter what the rest of the USL is doing. We're just going to go and take care of business. That's like super important if you do that, if you take Mm -hmm. care of business, but we haven't been taking care of business. So you do have to kind of be a little concerned about what teams are making runs, what forms they're in. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's doing that when he, when he prepares, but, Mm -hmm. but, it just for me, like not to beat. It just was surprising for me to read this and hear it to say, "Oh yeah, we were good. We're like, I was good. Like I wasn't worried about what they were doing." It's like, but you kind of need to be because if they get a draw and you were thinking that you could just get a draw somehow, you know, like, like, and of course, you know, he would say, "Oh well, we're not coming out to get draws. We're trying to get wins." And it's like, yeah, I got that, but. You know, if they get a win and you get a win and you don't care about scoring more goals for goal differential because you didn't care what they were doing, like, to me, that that's where I think you – that's where you see those sort of things. Like, there's details that you have to be concerned about. Now, maybe maybe Zach Prince comes off as like, hey, you know what? Like, my assistants were obviously tuning in because they were, and they were probably a little bit more concerned. I'm sure the guys were like, hey, like, you know, hey, what's, what's the score? You know, like, I'm sure – that was happening behind it, behind the scenes, behind behind what he knows, and uh, you know, you know this, if you will, it lends to like what he says. Like he does not. I have heard him say it. He, you know, he doesn't put the pressure on himself about must-win situations. So, going into this match against Colorado, it's not he must win because our Chili's better. And he needs to let Colorado know that <laughs> it's it's not a must win because hey, 
we want to host a home playoff game, though I think that's a must win. Um, I think he says, like he says in the audio, like, look, we have a shot. And I think that in his mind, he knows what he's up against. He's not stupid. He's given a lot of respect to the opponent. Um, but I kind of want the player mentality, Zach Prince. Like, mm-hmm. let's go get this thing. Like, you know, give us the guy who came on the scene in the beginning of the season and says, we're going after this thing. Because right. that's the guy that we believed, who we fell, we fell for. That's the guy, right? That's the guy. We're like, wow, Zach Prince came in and he's he's going after this damn thing. That's what we want. Fire up, Zach. Fire up. Like, give us the full, full. Give thing. us, give us a championship, or give us, give us the player. Yeah, <laughs> give us that hunger. Give us that thirst, Zach. Like you played for a championship. You slip mm-hmm. into a coach role, and then you're getting all kind of calm and you know stoic. Like, no, no, like give us the other guy because that guy. I mean, I, he, he is yeah. he is he is still doing a really good job. It's just yeah, that no, we want to see sure. we want to see, and you know, all respects to to Zach Prince and everything. We just want to see that Zach that yeah came on that conference, right? Exactly. Stretch out that sweater, son, man. Like, you know, come on now. <laughs> like, give us. Give us the wild man. Like we know, we know there's a guy in there. So we're gonna we're gonna yeah. keep jesting you through this podcast. We yes. maybe you'll hear us one time, maybe you'll listen. I don't know if you do, but uh, you know, we just we just wanna see that guy that's like, let's go for it, you know, let's go for it. So that's just that was one of my thoughts about that. Um we didn't talk about it. We're not going to make a huge deal about it, but I guess we will bring it up. First goal goes in the net. Kalen Riding kicks it back to Alex. I mean, I know that it's being framed as like it's a mistake with Alex, but Kalen Riding kicking a goal back to Alex when a player is running up on him to me seems like an equal shared like fault. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I unfortunately I I. I did not see that first goal. Oh man, you missed it. Well, it's just I know I was I was in the uh, transition of of trying to get out of work and 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 catching it, and unfortunately, like I I think I caught the second part I'm, of the. I'm match. gonna I'm gonna attempt to make this argument for you. Yes, do it. <laughs> Ball's coming back. I mean, I I really feel like I should just let me just try to find this highlight for you. That would be we great. We could uh could play it and kind of. While we're at it, just watch the rest of them. Let me see. I can do that really quick. While that's while I'm pulling that up, um, Sam Hamilton talking about the resilience of the team, um, where mistakes had happened that that led to goals. Uh, obviously, we had seen some of those. Um, and that they just adjust, they, you know, he says, we've had games this year where, like, soccer are mistakes that happened in the game that led to goals. And some, there's been games this year where we haven't adjusted. And I think we could have, or I think we've grown as men, like, you could go across the locker room and we have guys now that don't let one play that affect, that affect 50. And soccer sometimes is like that. You have to be able to move 
on in the game. And I think that's a testament to our culture. It's a testament to the type of people we have in the locker room, and that's something we might have to do in the playoffs. So I really like where we're at as a group mentally, everybody. But, yeah, or no, but for the most part, pretty healthy. And, yeah, I'm really optimistic about the game this weekend and playoffs beyond that. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, does this surprise you coming from Sam Hamilton? Um, Um, No, because it seems like the players are are hungry for it. Um, You know, and, you know, like in the the second part where, you know, he's – He's in for, you know, playing on Saturday, right? And he's like, um, he goes, he goes, this is another opportunity to climb the table and host a playoff match. And um, so they're they're down for the work, and it seems like you know they know that they have they have this little mountain to climb for the next match. But um, it doesn't surprise me. A lot of the players, um, you know, they seem to be on that on that line of like of like they want they want that championship you know they, they want those opportunities to to show what they got and, and to win and it's like something that I think I don't know where we heard where they talk about their practice and you know the the uh what is it called uh just like how they have to prove themselves in practice to make it on onto the field right right and so it seems like they're they're doing that and we just gotta, we just gotta find that little missing piece that's gonna, you know, make it all click so that everybody can, can, can uh, translate that. Right now, I have managed to pull up the highlights, so we'll actually be able to watch these from, from the top for you. So here we go. This is about to play. Oh, gotta do that thing. Gotta skip the ads. All right, here we go. This game was interesting just because I was really curious what the first six minutes was gonna look like. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, as the first six minutes of the original game, we really were on the front foot. This game was a little different, um, as you can see. Mm-hmm. There's that kickback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was just like <laughs> prop. The Galaxy's keeper managed to put a ball overhead. It was going too fast. Right, and really try. He, there was nowhere he could go. Look, the ball drops right. in. He kicks it back to Alex. I mean. You could try to say, "Hey, kick it out of bounds" or anything else, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If there's really any other any other place he could have put that ball. I I think because you know Tumbacus is 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 like a wall, right? And yeah. uh, so I think he probably thought if he if he tapped it that he would have just caught it. 
which exactly. which it looks like you know um, you can't. It's and just here a we're taking mistake. the pen. Justin takes the penalty shot. Um, yeah. And then you're, he puts it just past the keeper. Um, guesses the keeper guesses the right spot. I mean, you know, Justin just a little bit faster than the keeper. Mm-hmm. They're, they're tied at one nil. Didn't even notice that smoke that was still on the pitch at that time. <laughs> it really was like huge, That's just a huge kind of mess. distracting, isn't it? Yeah, it was just like just a huge. You imagine you're you're trying water. to make that goal and boom. Yeah, right in front of the goalkeeper, yeah. So then... So Galaxy then goes kind of uh-huh. on the attack a bit. Um, they make a run here into the first half. Player goes up the middle. They send a square ball across. The player mm-hmm. scores. It's just a clinical finish. Galaxy goes up 2-1. Right now, I know definitely we're thinking, wow, how we're did, all sad. <laughs> well, how did we give him the inside like that? Because I mean, literally, it just he, he made a run, mm-hmm. the ball's in, he's just slid in. It's just such a a great finish. You see how many angles they show it to you. Um, so then again, like here we go. This is the first Swartz goal. We win the ball back, actually, in our defending half. Or, sorry, in their defending half, defending third. Mm-hmm. And we were able to get back on the transition. Like, as a matter of fact, Swartz goes off at this point because he puts that ball straight in the back of the net. This was just a really good goal all around because we've talked about it all year. I mean, whenever we've won the ball, um, in the middle third, we haven't been back on a transition fast enough. And I think that we definitely did do that. And then, mm-hmm. um, and we were, we really had some other chances to try to put, to put break the ball that tie. In. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The second goal comes, um, as a matter of fact, Swartz sends the ball in. As a set piece, sends it in. Mm-hmm. It ultimately um, takes a deflection when it comes in as a cross, bounces up. As we see, Swartz is able to get a foot on it. It's almost one of those kicks that, like, you're like, oh, he's like almost like a bicycle, but not really. Right. He kicks it, gets it in. He just runs straight to the bench, gives Ford Parker a huge hug. <laughs> um, and then from there, it's just United trying to find more goals. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't United trying to park the bus. It was Drum Kisavetter trying to find a couple goals to just make the game further out of reach. Because again, we were worried about whether or not this game was going to slip out of our hands or not. And so, mm-hmm. um, United obviously able to go a very long fifteen minutes. So it seemed to mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, close out this match um, and and clinch playoffs at home too, which, you know, as we've, we've talked about it, we looked at previous years. I mean, I think the 2020 season was the only time really that we quenched, that we clinched playoffs where nothing really had to happen. 
other than mm-hmm. some teams won or lost. Um, first year, we obviously needed some help from another team. And then, of course, um, last year, we we it came down to the last match and we didn't make it. And so, uh, you know, it mattered all the more. Um, but just a few more things, I think, as far as the presser is concerned. Um, Uh, I guess does anything else really stand out to you? I mean, he said on looking ahead to Saturday, Zach Prince said, there's a lot to play for on Saturday. Of course, we don't control what happens with Sacramento. If they if they lose the game, then we can climb and get a home playoff game in that spot. But we can also set a wins record. We set a points record tonight. We tied our we tied our wins record tonight. A lot of exciting things are happening, and there's a lot of momentum heading into the postseason, and that's where we want to be. And I think it's real interesting that he says like that they tied a wins record and, and a, they're talking about points records because mm-hmm. I really wasn't under any sort of like I really wasn't under any sort of impression that like all of a sudden now there's all these like lofty goal achievements that they were trying to achieve because literally I had asked these things and pressers and it wasn't like the answers manifested. The most that I got was we were focused on winning the next game and there was no (laughs) records. There was no, Hey, we want to win 15 games. There was no, we want to get this many points. So I just find it real interesting how, how, um, how how things can turn around so fast like that um you know and it's just i mean look i know that we're excited it's like hey we're we're setting some we're setting some 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 uh what is it? Uh, some milestones so to say in your first year mm-hmm. as a coach but you know i mean honestly like i just say like keep it a hundred like you know say these things in the presser weeks before so that way when we're achieving them it's like wow okay like you know, Zach said he wanted to get 13 wins and he got it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Like, Zach said he wanted to get X amount of points and then he got it. Like, to say, hey, we we're only focused on the next game and then come out with this statement about wins records and point records to me, I'm just like, I don't understand that. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's it's at the end of the presser where he says, I think we know who we are after 33 games. I think it's really important for us to know going into postseason because there's some teams right now that may not, that maybe they don't have a run of form or they're a little indecisive right now. And it's interesting that he would say that because it's it's something that we've seen in our team where we're, we're like, sometimes they lack that communication or they're still looking for the right pairing, you know. Um, well, it's like, know. who are we? Because, exactly. I mean, like, I mean, if I'm going to <laughs> go look at who we are, um, first place I'm going to look is, like, the record. And, I mean, look, I understand what could come from that. Like, it's much more than records, right? Zach may say it's much more than records. Mm-hmm. Like, it's you can't just simply look at a record and go, oh, that's who the team is. The team is a team that... One twelve nine and tied twelve, but that's it's almost close to like the same numbers in every column. It's not so, 
you certainly got that right. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, go win the game against Colorado. And that's all you need to do as far as I'm concerned. Go win that game. Sacramento still wins. Okay, that's unfortunate. You know, I mean, we're already past it. I'm not going to say shoulda, woulda, coulda. Wish you would have done some things differently during the season. Because we're already here. But, hey, why not get 51 points? You know, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not sit at a part of the table that is really hard to achieve? Separate. Create some distance between you and the next team. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. If, if we cannot get the home playoff game, that's not up to us other than you doing your job. But, exactly. um, right. And so, but let's still shoot for something here. You know, like right. you got, you got 12 wins. Let's get that 13. That 12 wins probably is like the same 12 wins he was telling me he was trying to get back when I first asked it. So like, so now you got it, but let's, let's keep going. A draw is not what we want. Mm-mm. You want to get 13, go 13, nine and 12, Zach. That's good. You know, that's, that's, that's great. And then from there we got four, we got four games to win, you know, mm-hmm. four games to win three of them, at least, you know, three of them inside of the conference, you know, let's get ourselves a good seating for four or five. We shouldn't, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we're not going to be able to host. We might be able to host one if we get lucky, but you know, like, I think that's the biggest thing when I listen to the conference is, like, the overall thing is that came out cool. He came out cool in the end. Like, he tipped his crown a little bit. Like, the prince's, the prince's royal court is, like, has has definitely, like, sort of, um, they have, they have um, uh, arisen from the ashes of what may seem like, um, um, what seemed like a sort of, uh, a chaotic mid-season crashing sort of thing like oh uh, well this is kind of how the team has has been in the past right i mean mm-hmm. you could you could look at new mexico you could look at their season and say hey there was a period of time where wow we were just on a slide like you know, like, is there a place anywhere in United season uh, where they won four straight? Is it possible to say that, you know, mm. it's, you know, that's something to me that means that that hasn't been done yet. And so. Exactly. So that is something that is now the goal. Like, you mm. know, we we know we've drawn a bunch in a row. Can we can we win four straight? Because if we can do that, then mm. you know, and uh, I I I'm gonna laugh at myself now. because <laughs> uh, cause guess what? They've only done it one time. And actually no. Somehow Have they, they? Yeah. Have they won four in a row? Yes, if you <laughs> what year? Uh no. I mean they won five in a row. Actually, it was kind of mm, okay. yeah. So look, I'll take it back. We've done it one time, 
But let's let's talk about the five matches in tow that mm-hmm. there was. Um, mm-hmm. Charleston Battery, we won 2-0. Charleston Battery was not doing well. Like, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter that the opponent was on the lack, the, the lower end of the table, but Charleston Battery, 2-0 two, two win. Phoenix Rising, 7-0 mm-hmm. win. I want to love the Phoenix win because hey, you know what? You guys could have, they could have forfeited, but they didn't. So then we, we get a lot of we get a lot of um, trash talk for that that particular win. Two one win over in the eleven, decent. That was decent. That was a decent game. Two mm-hmm. one win over Orange County. If you remember that one, that's been a while, and because uh, you were there at that game. And then two uh, one win over Oakland Root. So like, look, five games in a row. So it's been done before. I will stand corrected, Zach. You have done it before. So um, now you got to do it again. <laughs> Simple as that. You got to do it again. Simple uh, as apple pie. <laughs> that's it. So, you know, but first things first, you know, I just wanted to address some of the after, some of the things from the presser because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, it, it wasn't a smooth season, but mm-hmm. he sounded very, mm, this is how it was, but we knew it was going to go like this. It's like, come on, <laughs> come on with it. Like, you know, like, you know. I think, but, I think the word is transparency. Yes. Yes. Let's have yes. a little more. Let's just keep it real. I mean. Yeah. And I mean, you know. People so, respect that, you know. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, look, I understand if you, you're answering the questions that are being asked, but, you know. Right. But it's kind of like, doesn't it doesn't it make a press conference, like, meaningless if, you know, every week everybody goes in there and, you know, they, they don't speak the truth or they, maybe not the truth is the wrong word, but. If you only like, ask questions to write really cool stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're only kind of spinning one side of the narrative and like I don't know like I love to read about like how there was a point when you know things just really weren't right where mm-hmm. you coached you coached you coached you coached you coached and the players just could not translate it and mm-hmm. you signed a bunch of players you brought back players you you brought in Romario Williams. He was to add to the team. You brought Kevon Freider back, like, to add to the team. Like, you know, you didn't have Amanda Moreno through most of the season. You're lo- you've lost Nico Brett for a moment of time when you really need him. Like, there's so much adversity that didn't really get picked up on. And uh, maybe we'll be the ones to write about it, but... All those things considered, I think, like, would it be interesting to kind of come out and oppress her? Look, the more te- you had, the more players that were playing national team duty than you've had in the past. I mean, so many things to consider. So, mm-hmm. yeah, more transparency is what we're looking for. Um, of course, that's us. And, of course, we get to sit here and talk about it all night. Um, but we will, I guess, get off that horse from now. Um Coming up is Colorado Springs Switchbacks coming to New Mexico, playing this Saturday. Uh, when you're hearing this episode, it'll probably be Friday, and, or uh, even it, it'll possibly. Be Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so um, 
United is playing Colorado for the second time this year, playing them at the lab. Of course, the first match was a 1-0 loss where United really didn't get on the board. Haji Berry got the lone goal, and it was just not the game we had hoped for. And now uh, we'll be hosting them. Haji Berry is no longer with the team. He is obviously going to be playing for Futures FC of the Egyptian Premier League. Uh, Mitchy Galina is uh, pretty much the point man, and uh, a week ago put three goals on El Paso, two goals in a pen uh, for a hat trick. So uh, switchbacks didn't look any short of what they have offered all season. Um, of course, again, like we said, uh, this is a chance for United to play for something more. So we do expect um, our guys to go out ultimately and um and play a full 90 and then some and uh you know may the spoils go to the victor uh so um that's pretty much uh all i or all we've got i guess this week for this episode of uh or this edition of the weekly on uh this episode of we are seeking strike podcast um veronica any uh any last things you want to say I mean, um, I'm just excited for the Saturday's match, and I really hope that we we uh, show up and show out. And uh, good luck to our, our guys out there. And, um, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll be watching and uh, cheering you guys on. Right on. Well, for Veronica Zavala, Patrick Baca, who was with us earlier, and myself, Chris Walker, you've been listening to another edition of We Are Seek and Strike podcast. We will... Be in your feeds next week. You've been listening to We Are Seek and Strike podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more USL related podcasts and written content at bgn.fm. To never miss new content, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Seek and Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.